On this episode of the podcast, we hosted Anthony Lee, a local real estate agent um, and investor in the Philadelphia, uh, greater Philadelphia area. He's also written a book um, to help young teens, millennials get into the real estate business um, using their nine to five income to help uh, grow their value, I guess. Uh, So we had a pleasure talking to him and enjoy the show. Good, dude. Thank you. They're reading the fucking book. Took me like two years to write it. You know, write. I guess writer's block is real, and then you get your motivation, lose your motivation, and then just finally came together. So, damn, real estate one hundred. Yeah. So my mentor, she started real estate one hundred. Um, basically, she was teaching people how to buy, how to just how to buy real estate, but she put it in book format so people could digest it, learn it on their own for like investment. No, stuff? just personal home, oh, personal home okay. ownership. Um, Teaching basically children should hurt. So the goal is if you can teach children, you can teach adults. Um, so then I took it and took it to the investment standpoint on how to buy your first investment property. Nice. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm assuming you bought your first investment property. Yes. <laughs> I'm an actual investor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Like kind of the, so for me, the motivation behind it was. I always thought it was harder than what it really was. So, like, it was hard, yeah. but it wasn't. It really wasn't it's that complicated. It's not rocket science. Right. Yeah. You know, have a couple of dollars saved up, have a decent credit score, get approved for a loan, make it work. Basically, that's it. From there, yeah. you figure it out. Um, but, like I said, for me growing up, it was like my mom had a house, my grandmom had a house, both my gran- and my other grandparents, but it was like everybody else was renting. And I'm like, well, why is there only a few people that own a home? Like, what's the big deal? Right. And come to find out it's because they didn't take care of their, you know, their finances kind of thing versus it was really, really complicated. So from there, now that I learned how to do it, people can't talk to me because that's all I talk about. Do you think that's like the perception um, that it's like difficult to buy a house or like difficult to like? Definitely. So. So and that's the other thing, I think, especially if you're from like the inner city, most people like just think, oh, credit's horrible or, you know, I don't want to be in debt or I'm not paying right. things like it. Like, no, like people are teaching you wrong. Like, no, you pay your bills on time. It's okay to have credit and have debt. You just want to have good debt. So if you can use the debt to right. help you make money, why not do it? Yeah, debt is different than owing a credit or money. Right? Exactly. Or, yeah. you know, you go get this fancy. My favorite thing is like a lot of people I know, like they go get the fancy car, but you park the fancy car in front of a place that you rent or, you know, your car <laughs> note, your car note is more than, you More got the y- Tesla, but you're, yeah, yeah. Well, see, in the city, you got we the see extension the, cord running out the window. We, right, we see the charger. So, like, my favorite, like everybody I know, like they got this cool charger with the Hemi, and you're like, I know you're paying six hundred bucks just for the charger by itself. Yeah, dude. Our, yeah, our one buddy uh, just got rid of his charger to get a Dodge Ram. Yeah, he by the it's end of having rate. that charger, dude, he hated it. That was, yeah, dude. He he was done with the charger, moved on. So, so is that where you, so you grew up inner city like Philadelphia like tell tell us about that right so for me I grew up yes definitely uh, West Philadelphia okay. um, then my parents moved us out to the suburbs in Yaton um, so I went to West Catholic High School basically went to private school but grew up in the environment in the inner city my friends mm-hmm. they went to public school so I always say I got the best of both worlds right um, I got to learn you know I would say in my community and outside my community and then I got to pick and choose what I like what I didn't like. Yeah. Um, so from there, for me, it was like, all right, I got to figure out what I want to do. But most of the people I knew that was really su- supposed to be successful, what I thought success for, was, you know, were people that were doing things illegal per se. 
Sure. Um, and it was like, well, if you're not, if you're going to do something illegal or you're going to play sports, like, is that all I have or is that all I can do? Or I'm just going to work and just barely be getting by. So for me, it was like, I got to figure this out. Like, I don't want to do anything illegal, but I don't want to just be living and barely getting by. Right. Um, but I followed the path my, my parents had set forth for me, go to school, go to college. But like I was telling you guys earlier, I've always had that entrepreneur spirit. So I started up my landscaping business at the age of 12. I worked for one gentleman, um, my neighbor. He was paying me like 30 bucks for the week. And I'm like, this is horrible. Like, I'm cutting all the yards. All you do is weed whack and talk to the clients. Yeah. You know, flirt with the moms and stuff. And yeah. I'm, I'm doing all the hard work. So I worked with him for a year. Second year, I started my own business. Just lawnmower, walked down the street, cutting neighbor's grass. Um, and then from there, it just grew. And I did that all the way through college. Um, I paid for two proms in high school and then put a little money in my pocket through college. And then once I realized, like, well, I can't cut grass and I still need money, I started cutting hair in college as well. So I was just doing Something hair. that always fucking grows. See? You know what I mean? <laughs> if it's not hair, it's grass. Yeah. You know, so it worked. And then I also started selling CDs and DVDs in college before the internet went crazy, put me out of business. Um, you know, so then I, next thing I know, you know, I'm like, all right, I got to figure it out. And then I started selling pornos to the kids, to the basketball and football players. Was what, I was like, all right, I still got a window, you know. Yeah. And then again, that was short lived. Yeah, then the internet got better on campus, so they didn't need me. So I'm like, damn, right. So, but all during that time, I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I initially went to school for early, not for sports medicine, because my mom, she's a nurse. Um, so I originally went to school for sports medicine, just trying to follow that path. Um, so that didn't work out. I ended up f almost flunking being on academic probation by my sophomore year. And I had to switch just to graduate. So my thing was, what can I do to graduate on time? So I ended up changing to early childhood elementary education. So I'm like, I'll be able to graduate. And I do like kids. Like I used to coach basketball. So I'm like, all right, I'll make it work. But as I was doing it, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's got to be something more. Like I want to be the teacher, but. It's got to be something more. Like, I got to figure out, figure something out. But I ended up meeting one of my cousins at Thanksgiving one day. He pulls up with a Maserati. Right. So like I said, everybody I knew. You wow factor. Fit. Right. Fancy cars. Like, you selling drugs? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, no. My, his, his, his aunt was a realtor in New York. And she mm -hmm. told him, like, he had got some money. He bought a property. And he's like, no, like, I got my nine to five, and I got a property or two, and that's how I was able to afford to buy this Maserati. And I'm like, what? Like, it's not making sense. I got it. You got a house, so you got a bill. He's like, no, I got a house. They pay the mortgage. They pay me to live there. The money that's left over is my money. Now I can afford this Maserati. Sure. And I'm like, interesting. And he gave me the book <laughs> Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's a great book. And from there, I was, you know, my mind was, was shifting instantly. Yeah. So all through college, I'm reading books. Um, I'm going to networking events. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Dig Group. The Dig Group. Yeah. No. Diversified Investors Group. So mm -hmm. they have they're, so they're like a real estate investment group, and they have different um, networks throughout basically Pennsylvania. And I would just go to the meetups and just be a, a little fly in the room and just listen. Right. So I always knew like, all right, I'm, I'm picking it up. I'm learning. I'm gonna figure it out. Um, I actually tried to get my first loan in college, but. I got denied the loan because I, I was like $100 short in like my, uh, my income. And I was buying a little $35,000 house. I just was like trying to make it, figure it out. Like, I'm going to just try it. My mom's like, what are you doing? You, they can't give you a loan. I'm like, mother, I'm over 18. They can give me a loan. And they're going <laughs> to give it to me. 
Because I filled out the application. <laughs> right. You know, so again, coming from that background, she's like, you need to be responsible. And she didn't understand, like, yeah, no, I don't need to be able to really afford the house because somebody else is going to pay me for it. Like, we'll figure yeah. it out. But again, it's like, no, you got a house. Like, we grow up, you get a house, and you just live there. That's it. So for me, once I got denied, I said, all right, I'll figure it out. So I went and got a job um, working for the Yaten Borough doing sanitation work. And it was cool. I think I finally made it, like, as an adult. Like, I'm making, I think, like, $25 an hour. I got laid off after my first year on New Year's Day. Budget cuts. Right. I went out. I uh, bought me a truck. You know, I'm still living in mom's house, and I'm thinking I'm rolling. So I'm like, Mom, I tried to do it your way. It's not going to work. And mind you, while I was there, though, I did take advantage of having a job. I bought my first property. My first property was a duplex. I basically had a little bit of money saved up. My first property, I paid $75,000 for it. My mortgage was $600. The the tenant on the first floor paid $600. So the second floor, $700 in rent as a first-time homebuyer. You're supposed to live in it for a year. So, you know, after that year, now I'm making cash flow. Um, And from there, it was basically off to the races. I just need to figure out how to save more money and start buying properties. Um, So, you know, once I got laid off, I started really trying to figure out how to be an entrepreneur and get into real estate. So I had met with a gentleman who took me under his wing and he basically let me bird dog for him. And then I would also um, help him like do rental, rental leasing. So like I would help other landlords and him basically place tenants in property. So I did that for about two years after getting laid off. And that was when it really, really clicked. You talk, you know, it's familiar with Temple Campus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to Temple. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. Okay. What year? Uh, I graduated Temple in 11. 2011. Okay, so then that's when I, I just I just hit the campus doing the real estate. But mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen the development and the transition. Oh yeah, I saw it even in hi- in high school. Everybody up here even knew about it. Everybody up here was already investing down there. Seriously? Mm-hmm. But see, yeah. so you so yeah. I take it you you might have had some friends that if they went to the school, their parents would buy them a building. Oh, for sure, they would just buy up the house and then, and they then would rent all the floors out. It. Oh yeah. So I didn't get exposed to that until I was on the campus and I met a couple guys mm-hmm. and I'm like. So your dad just bought you a house, like he just just buy your house, like. Oh no, it was no mistake. It was they were probably making, the rent they were charging students mm-hmm. was probably three times what they could charge. Um, a regular house, somebody because like they a could regular they could rent it per bedroom. Per and so, I remember when we we got involved in Temple, like around 2010, 2011, mm-hmm. rooms were rented for like five hundred. I think now. A bedroom per person or per student is like seven fifty, eight fifty, like yeah. sometimes more. It's like holy shit! You get like you know they get like five guys, three guys right. per triplex, and the mm-hmm. triplex is like the way to go because you can get nine people in there. So, and I was gonna yeah. say that. So that was when they, I was just doing the tenant placements. You know, happy making two hundred, three hundred dollars per a lease, door, right? Right per lease. Yeah. So I'm getting paid like every week off of some of the buildings had twelve doors in it. Sure. And like you said, like it's just. Like, but again, I'm still confused. Like, so your dad just bought you this whole building and like, he's paying me to lease it up for him. Like, and then I'm meeting other guys that they're doing a new construction down there. So mm-hmm. that's what they were into him, okay. and, him and his um, father-in-law were early to the game. Nice. So, and that was when the market, you still, it was still wide open down there. It, was, it was super it was, saturated. So were also the homes. Oh. Right, the homes were also wide open. There was no backs of them. You walk in the door. And the like, trees growing in the fucking, through the basement. And people living in them, yeah, I, right? I went in a house. I tell everybody about the house I went into, and somebody had pulled a whole tree into the house. They pulled it in. They pulled a tree. Like, this tree was 20 feet plus. Like, the whole tree was in the house. Okay. And I'm like, 
what kind of drugs were you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Did I, I, I remember, and I, you know, I grew up in a very small town in Montana. Okay. Went to school in North Carolina, came up here. I've never seen plight or like, you know, poverty, right. like the way I saw it. I walked into that first place. We walked through the front door and you could immediately see the backyard. I was like, huh. Right. And oh, pe- like you said, and people no live there. there. And then I'm, I'm looking, there's like extension cords ran from like home to home mm-hmm, and up and down mm-hmm, the floors mm-hmm. and there's water pouring in, but they got people living in there playing like PlayStation, Xbox. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, like this is rough. Like I, and then, you know, they're selling the unit and these people are like, you know, yo, I live here. And they're like, well, you don't really live here. You're just kind of squatting in here. Right, like right. you don't, and it's just like, that was like, whoa, like, it, but now you look at all those streets, they're all fully developed. It's pushing outwards. It's pushing out. Like, it's pushing. And the question is, like, where do all, where do the poverty, where does the poverty go? Mm -hmm. And, like, what happens with that? I think it's a big problem with Philadelphia and other major cities is gentrification happens. They don't know where to put poor people. Right. Right. So, like, the most simplistic form. You probably have a poor people. You got to say the people who are still figuring it out. Whatever, man. But, like, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, because I think the world has a poor problem. It's it's like a it's I just, see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? Like no one thinks about as gentrification. Everyone thinks gentrification is good. What it's do like, you what do you call it? People that are still figuring it out. They're still figuring it out. I mean, like I don't even know if you can say figuring it out. I don't even know if you guys are either of you correct, honestly. Because some people are just if you're happy doing what you're doing, who gives a fuck? Yeah. No, honestly, so, that's my thing. And then because like yes, we're financially savvy, but like that doesn't mean everybody has to be. Yeah, that's no. kind of like a you know. No, so you're so you're right. So I, I I love the conversation about gentrification, and that's why I say like I really think it's culture background. So like how you saw, how we were saying like your father in law and you you guys were already aware of what was going on. Yeah. But the people who, like when you live in that environment, it's survival. So yeah. You it's not agreed. Even, so that's why I said like it's not even that they don't want more. They don't know because it's like if you they go, don't know how to get it right. Well, so they don't, but they, not even that they don't know how to get it. They don't even know it's available because if you grow up and you're barely eating meals, like right. all you're focused on on eating meals and, and putting food on the table, right? And then not to mention the other things that go with the gentrification of you know just all the other dynamics of what goes on in the neighborhood. And Guys stuff. with like, like tight jeans and skinny socks and well, shit that like part, that. Well, that, that's well, the cool no, stuff. So here I'll tie it back. I'll tie it back for John, John from Montana. Like no, I, Justin he, Rhinus, our, our friend recently went to Alaska like by himself mm-hmm. and took a bush plane to drop him out to hunt. So like where you're out there, you're obviously not like if you run out of food or you run out of water, like you're only focused on those items in your environment yeah i I clearly understand the issues like my question is we all are aware of the issue the question is what does responsible developers real estate guys how do we continue how do we solve that because as cities continue to fill with wealth it's like a progressive thing once the wheel starts turning people can't afford to live there people start affording they get better jobs they keep affording they get better jobs and all that's doing is it's forcing again poor people into a certain area of the Mm -hmm. city what happens like how do we get it so it's not like that because it's going to become you already see it like there's a problem because people can only feel so much stuff like and it's not like so you you're asking how do you connect with people to uplift them with the community that's being I, I think I think I think that's what when you go to a lot of neighborhoods you write you write books and I so think you help I, out because because w- one one last thing when you go to a lot of neighborhood meetings you feel that frustration and anger 
just their come community. up for like building and, and yeah, zoning. You gotta go to zoning. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. go to the neighborhoods where gentrification's happen or whatever word you want to call it. Like I think it's a crappy word, but <laughs> you know what I mean. But like where investments are pouring into a neighborhood, right. and these guys, like you said, they're like, "Whoa, man!" Like you know, what about us? What's, what about us? But they're they they communicate this anger rather than communicate in a it's problem solving. Is a problem solving, mm-hmm. and so then Give developers immediately put up that fucking hard shield they're like you know what kiss my ass kiss my ass i'm this doing is it my, anyway this is my shit right but but if we could get empathy involved mm-hmm. i think that it could become a better a better environment a better thing i think that's on the side i think that's on the side of the developer yeah honestly because think about it like indians and cowboys if they'd rolled in and been like hey look like we showed up we've got all this stuff for you we just want to hang out on your land and like kill all your cattle and get you guys sick with smallpox, but we didn't mean to. <laughs> We're sorry about but, that. But like, if you come into the neighborhood with intentions to like improve upon it. Like, come in and be like, hey, look, like, we're trying to do this building right here, but we're going to build a playground across the street in this block. We're not going to build a building in this in this area that we're bu- buying here. Or like, we're going to put whatever that neighborhood may need. Like, it, it means, like, coming to the table with something instead of just, like, expecting the neighborhood to, to accept, accept it. it. Yeah. So, because, no, like, if you come into, like, a hostile territory just expecting them to assume your, your policies, like, you're going to be met with back. more... F- Equal or more, more force, because yeah, they have like, and then people tagging. To. You're tagging your shit up. They're smashing the trucks up. They're stealing yeah. the but materials. You know, no. So we, so you, both of you guys said a lot and made a lot of great points. So, but again, our perspective is our perspective could be Yours completely wrong. I'm could an be idiot. Wrong, right? No, I'm no, an no. Idiot. So it's not about right or wrong. I think it's about being open to the conversation yeah. and just open, like you guys, like you, and you're trying to start that conversation with, hey, there's gonna like it's inevitable because. The city is going to keep evolving. The neighborhoods are going to keep evolving. But right. it seems to be a gap or a barrier where people just aren't catching on or they're not. Uh, so it's tough. Like, oh, they're not catching on or they're not aware. But like I said, I had to take a step back because I used to actually think that way. And somebody had to put it to me like, well, if this kid goes to school and he's hungry every day or there is nobody home to watch him at night, you think he's going to go home and do his schoolwork right. or come to school and even cooperate. Right. So it's a it's a cycle that starts from when you're you're young. And he may want to. He's fucking thinking about food. Right. The whole food time. And, and there's nobody there to really nurture and put him in position or her. But that also goes to what you guys are talking about. Instead of coming in and like, hey, I'm going to. And I, I also battle with it because I even get pushed back. I could be from the community neighborhood. I get yeah. pushed back. And I'm saying, like, I'm just renovating a house that's been abandoned for 15 years. And you are you call L&I on me or you're arguing with me about we're making too much noise. Well, how do you hang windows and, and, and put, you know. The, Improve the, the neighborhood. And put the plumbing back in the property without making noise kind of thing. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? So, so that's why I said, like, it's, it's, it's a gift and curse on both sides. But I think the biggest thing is, like you said, Everybody's got to be open, the developer and the community. But that is also why. So if people who follow my platform, um, social media, A. Lee Real Estate, Facebook, Anthony Andre Lee, I do home buyer events. I do investment Say events. that slower. So A. Lee Real Estate on Instagram and Anthony Andre Lee on Facebook. Dude, he talks fast. We're definitely going to have to repost that. I heard that. I was like, what? <laughs> um, no, we'll post it up. If I talk that fast, I, I got a dope picture. I got a dope picture to post. So, so that's where... I, I'm trying to be the advocate for, you know, my community as well as be the, the, the motivation or the gap of showing people, 
you know, in the community, outside the community, like, hey, there is another way. You don't have to be an athlete or you don't have to be an entertainer. You can have a nine to five and be comfortable with your nine to five and use your nine to five to actually grow yourself, community and family. Like in my neighborhood, like where I run, like, well, I was running. I'm, I'm on a break right now, but I do like daily <laughs> so runs. Hey. Yeah, for a while. It's, hey, it's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. You, you'll get back out there. Yeah, I wish I knew which was the explosion one because I hit it. <laughs> but like I run and basically I can hit almost all my rental properties in like a five mile run. Where are you? Like what? In Philadelphia, in West Philadelphia. So oh, over between, so Overbrook, I don't know if you guys like, just say from St. Joe's all the way over to like University City. Okay. So like that's my. It's pretty big, pretty wide area. Well, for, if anybody doesn't know. He so runs yeah. fast. He's a fast <laughs> runner. <laughs> well, you just clear the mind. That's how you clear your mind and you can decompress throughout the week. Why'd with you all stop the nonsense. running? So I'm going through like some physical stuff and my doctor's like, yo, you got to chill. Just take a break. Ran too fucking hard. <laughs> it's the steroids, dude. They yeah. don't want them to get too big. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just can't wait to get back, though. So, you know, once we get through this, I'm like, man, I, and especially the weather's so great. So it's like, I can't, I can't wait. So when you host these events or real estate events and you have people from the neighborhood come, do they just come for, like, the free cooking and lemonade? Or are they, like, are, are people, like, actually like, huh, this is opening my eyes? Like, how is the, because I think what you're doing is amazing and awesome. Mm-hmm. How do people receive it? So it's twofold. So you have some people who want to come in and some people just want to be a naysayer. Like, it's not true. It's not possible. It's like, how is it not possible? I'm showing you. I'm telling you things that I've done. Yeah. Um, and then you have a lot of people who come in and get the information. Like, I have some people who come to all my events. Like, literally, just saying the last two years, I got a few people who've come to, like, come to every event. And I'm like, you still haven't bought a house. You still haven't taken action. Um, and then you have some of the people who are just like, yo, point me in a direction. I'll figure it out. Sure. So there are some people who do take action. Um, from a home buyer's perspective, um, not last year, the year before last, I did like my best in business from just a home buyer's perspective. I sold 85 properties with my team. Um, and then outside of that, every year, like we're just constantly helping more people become aware of the home ownership process and even the investment process. Right. Do you think what what drove your initial like to pick up the the pitchfork and go forward and take on the responsibility of kind of like educating the community um is noble what like were you just kind of like just trying to help people out that it start with one person that and you were like hey look like now i helped a couple people out and then you were like you know what i could help more people if i kind of did it on a platform like take us through that so it's kind of twofold so initially i did it to get my name out there so it's like, how can I get my name out there without paying for marketing? So it's like, my thing is I love being around people. So look, I'll put events together and just tell people what I do. And from there, it kind of grew. So and then it got to the point where as you guys see social media, it evolved. So it's like I had to evolve in order to keep up with especially the kids that are younger than me, with what they're doing on social media. So now I'm constantly doing. Do you have a TikTok? I don't. I'm not that good yet. Don't fucking do it. I'm not that good yet, but um, but I'm, bad I've been creating <laughs> videos, and I'm just constantly like, I've been like Gary V. He says, look, they're either going to delete you or they're going to learn something and they're going to love you. And some people, and that's how my majority of my business has grown because of social media. Um, so the initiative, like like you were asking, basically, one to help people, two it help drive drives my drives my business. Um, I and, see that. And then, like I said, the main key factor is, is like it just like you guys are doing. It allows me to meet so many people. And I honestly get deals from just keep connecting and, and building with people. Hmm. Um, so, you know, it's just 
the more people I can help, the bigger we can grow, the more people, you know, this can stretch to. Have you ever helped anybody that has, like, surpassed you? So. He's going to be like, nah. No, so it's tough. So I have one I have one friend who I've helped him, but he was already, like, trying to figure it he out. He was already on the way. He yeah. was already figuring it out. So I would, I would say um, not necessarily surpass me or even that I'm the top guy, but. I am the guy that a lot of things go through, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, you know, so whether you need me to be the person to just get you contractors, whether you need me to help you find funding, mm-hmm. most of the people in my network, they're going to call me, you know, one way or another. And I'm okay with even if guys are going to surpass me because, you know, the goal is like, all right, one time I'll get the check, the next time you get the check. No, I don't want to be the guy that always has to get the check. Mm. I like that. There's definitely a lot of – I heard Give one – take. Really stupid quote one day. Oh, here we go. It's, impre- it's not surprising that you have something to say. Is he the quote guy? No. No. You can <laughs> but he's light, the stupid saying things. You guy. can light a candle and your candle will still be lit. <laughs> you can light a candle. Some, you can light someone other's candle with your flame. Right. You can light somebody else's But your candle, flame right. is still going. Do I light your flame? You light my flame. <laughs> You keep my flame with like high burning octane. <laughs> you just fucking with a blowtorch on it. Yeah, I discovered mornings a while ago. <laughs> How about all right? Let's 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 go off track. Take a time out. No, we're going off no, track. Just keep going. This, there's all these fucking guys out there that. They're young. They're 20, 25, whatever. I don't know how old you are. You're pretty young. So I'm 34. All right. So he's got some social media game. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't have any He's got some talking game, man. Like it's good. No, but he's more authentic than perhaps the individual that we're talking about or individual or plural that you're this, thinking this about. guy comes out with this fucking video. It's like a 10 minute long video about how he discovered mornings. And it's like that's not the long and the short of it <laughs> is fucking what John we're not going down. All right, we can't go we down can't go path. down. We're not doing but that. What, sh- what he's talking about is there's a there's a push um at least we see from um local people to like put up this social media like front and we've been the influencers, di- the influencers yeah, yeah. The we've been disappointed several times over by people we you know some people have actually held, held true to their thing but more times than not you meet these people and you're like like you're not you're not really doing anything that's noteworthy of making a documentary about <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, like regardless of how how many seconds or minutes this documentary is like you should do a few more things before you start advising people, people of what you're doing. Right. And that's it's what he's very, talking about. Yeah, so he, he's saying that there's a lot of that going on in the social media or in the real estate social media thing right, so, right now. So I'm, so I'm kind of torn. So like for a while, I tried to stay away from the social media influence. Like guys mm-hmm. like try to like, hey, will you be my mentor? No, I won't be your mentor. Like I'm still trying to figure it out myself, but I can help you. You know, I can consult you. I can help you, whatever. Um, and then even to the point, like you said, like now guys are charging money for courses. And like, I know a guy, he's bought two houses yeah, in like five years and he's charging people like money for courses. And I'm like, how? Like, cause of social media, like you basically can just tell people like, oh, I did that or walk by a house and take a picture. Um, so yeah, that happened to us. <laughs> oh dude. Now you want to talk into Mermelstein? Yo, Mer- I, I get a call from our, one of our guys on site, mm-hmm. Jose. He's like, yo man. There's a bunch of guys walking around the house. They're like in loafers and shit, walking up and down. I was okay. like, they're like, they're, they're saying that they're wor- they're looking at work that the concrete guy did or whatever. 
He's like, I gave your number to the guys. <laughs> so I get a call, and it's this real nervous, stuttering, you know, bluebell kind of kid. Okay. I did my, 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 my dad's looking for, you know. like, like He's he, got to spill. He's fucking spilling. Yeah. And I'm like, we buy who told properties. you? No, it's like, who told you to come? He's like, well. This is a brand new house. Brand new house. He's like, the contractor said he did some work there. And he's like six six sixty five year old dude. I was like, dude, there's nobody that's ever worked on our site that's six <laughs> six and is a builder. We're the fucking builder. Right, right, right. He's like, well, you know, he told us to come by and like he did the the foundations and the framing and all that. I was like, dude, nobody did that. And I get a call from one of our subs, the fr- one of our framing contractors. Like, Yo, man. Like, you're going to have some guys walking through. I was like, dude, <laughs> I am on the fucking phone with this stuttering fuck. Like, you got to tell me what the fuck is happening. So I merge them together. They both weren't expecting it. Okay. <laughs> Turns out this other builder had hired one of our subs. Okay. To frame his house. But the other builder didn't have anything to show. He actually right. never wasn't really a fucking builder. Right. He was a middle But man. he told everybody that he was building that he was houses. the guy. Right. That he was our guy. So we mm-hmm. completely blew up this fucking McCloskey spot. If you're out there, Mr. McCloskey, you're going to get a fucking pirate flag in your fucking truck. <laughs> well, an asshole. Nah, so, so, yeah, I, so, sorry. No, 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 you're good. So, I mean, sometimes I, you got to just let the, let the moose go. So, no, I understand. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. A lot of people aren't authentic, or there's some people using social media to be able to get over on people who don't know. Yeah. So, like, a lot of people have to do their due diligence, but that's why I said for me for a long time, I don't, I wouldn't take a title and I didn't like charging people. So, like, once a year, I do one event maybe that I'll charge mm-hmm. people for. And that's like a full day boot camp where you're going to eat, we're going to go run, run your rental properties. Well, I don't. So we'll go to some of my rentals, but we really go through like my. At the last time I did it, I was going doing two flips at one time. So I took them through my flips. I took them to the bank that like I actually bank with to meet my banker and mm-hmm. his team, so you could understand what you need when you're ready to come to the bank, open your account, right. um, you know, get business funding. Like I took you through a whole day of what it's like to really do it, um, and then we took them back into the classroom to actually put all the pieces from A to Z together. Um, and then now, though, through social social media, which is a blessing, actually, and COVID has shown me you need to have something going on social media that you can get paid for without having to get up and do actual work. Um, you know, everybody likes to make passive income, per se. So now I am coming up with I have the book, which can you can get on Amazon or you can hit the link in my bio on Instagram. Um, but then I'm going to create a, another course that basically will teach you the steps if you're a, basically a nine to five worker. You can take your nine to five and just create additional income. So a lot of people are pushing being an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur, but being an entrepreneur isn't really for everybody. And I mean, I tell people all the time, like if I was smart enough, I'd have a decent nine to five, but I'm not smart enough. So I only do real estate. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Not everybody can have the stress because it's stressful as fuck. There's nothing (laughs) not stressful about going into a bank and signing your name on a loan. Right, right. Not knowing with exactly. fifty documents, and you know, and you, you're like, dude, I ain't reading any of this shit. Just, just sign, sign it because you're just. <laughs> How much it. is the payment? They're, That's all I want to know. They're not, they're not changing their documents for you or nobody. <laughs> and a lot of people have a hard time getting over that hump to be like, okay, I work for myself, but you also have a lot of responsibilities now on you as a team and you have a team of real estate agents you have your team of subcontractors you got to make sure they get paid like you have there's a lot of not everybody can do that and i think people find out or they don't take the risk because they're afraid of that risk Mm -hmm. and i think it's 
people who have taken the risk, it's not that bad. It's like, yeah, well, fuck it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I'll be you just gotta, you just gotta go for it, right? Yeah, right. you're already unemployed. Like, what, what could it be? Yeah, I mean, I've never, I, I've never had W two jobs. So yeah, I just like, it just was a life. I guess just a lifestyle that I was just. You knew this. Yeah, I was just like, there's no, <laughs> there's no way I'm doing anything <laughs> but else. Did you but have like, any there, influence? There, um, like, oh, tons of tons of influence. There's no way anyone's gonna hire Andrew Mann. Can you imagine Andrew working for somebody? <laughs> oh, dude, I'm a savage. Yeah, I would out. Yeah, I would just take the over boss the company, and everyone would get like be the big. We're on Andrew's team now. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're fired. You're fired. You're too good. Oh uh, yeah, I just I always felt that i i would be willing to work harder than anyone else to preserve my own self-interests um and that might seem selfish like coming from my position but like me and like my aggressive nature in dealing with that stuff and preserving my interests benefit everybody that's like a part of that Right. So you. So if like you like you could take that and be like, no, I'm like gonna no you, nobody can trust me. Like I I'm always gonna worry about myself. But it's more so like, it's it's more so like a team encapsulated kind of savagery. If like you're on my team, like you're and good. you're messed with. Like somebody m- tried to mess with one of my guys' schedules yesterday. Um, a significant individual okay. of stature, we'll say. And uh, I was just like. Um, you're going that decision will affect my you know one of my guys abilities to like get home or like you know pick his kids up and they were like so and i was like nope yeah i don't like i don't care i don't care about this situation it can like you're not going to make a maneuver Employ- and like affect somebody on my team like that's not good for yeah, me like that's not good our, for us our it's- team is more important and when especially when that team member may or may not have said i can do whatever you want me to do like he would have done but it these days. I or gotta pick days. up my kid, right? And, and it's like no, but I, like if I had asked him to he go, he would have done it. But I wouldn't ask. I just wouldn't have done it. Because if it ah, is, I wouldn't even have asked. You can't him. cry wolf, right? You can't ask here, ask there. Like if you have to ask, it has to be like okay, there's an emergency. The house just flooded or right, whatever. Right, right. Like it's fine. it has to be a thing, right? You it's have fine. to respect. Sometimes you have to respect your team at the fault of the client. Like, when you get a client that's abrasive and rude and angry, like, you, I'm sure you deal with it all the time. It's like, look, like, you can yell at me. Andrew and I can take getting yelled at. Yell at us as much as you want. But you can't talk to the talk to the team like that. You right. have to respect them as an individual. And we, fortunately, haven't had to really step in like that before, but I have in the past. Mm-hmm. And it's not – usually the customer will lay down when you have that conversation, right. but – it's just one of those things that people don't get be afraid to have the hard conversation because once you have it, everyone feels better. You get it out in the open. Yeah, I think what started was blind, like as blind ignorance for me. Like I was just like, I'm gonna do it better. I'm gonna work harder. I'm gonna just, I, I'm gonna do it no matter what. I'm gonna just be better than everybody else. Like it, it was just like very blind mm. forward move. It turned into, um, once I developed like the accountability side of things. That's when it like turned up full full bore because like I was already a savage, but once I was able to be like honest with myself and be like, when I messed up or when I was making poor decisions or when I was having bad habits, um, and things like that, um, it's okay it took- to let people see those bad habits too. Like people, because people can learn, right? I think it's humanizing. You're talking about Instagram, 
when people see those bad habits that you have and that you acknowledge them, it's like, look, I'm working on that. People think that that authenticity hits home because people really want to do business with people that they feel can connect to, right? They don't want to do business with some big shot real estate mogul that's like <laughs> driving right. and flying in jets he probably doesn't own kind of thing. You like Frank Cardone. Yeah. Oh, is that what you're saying? Yeah, that fucking guy. <laughs> I mean, that guy's he's going to jail. You soon. know what? That American he's, that American Greed episode is going to be amazing. He's, he's rolling out a whole new platform now with the because uh, he needs money. He was like he's been doing the virtual. He was giving, he was giving away now. he was giving away his seats that he used to charge thousands for. He's like with ten X. Yeah, I, I, I did go to fourteen ninety nine. First He's like fourteen ninety nine. It's like, man, you've gone from like a thousand dollar ticket to fourteen dollars and ninety nine cents. Like, like you five get, grand. You must getting, be hurt. He was no, the VIP was ten grand. So yeah, VIP, Fuck. and then I think whatever was under VIP was five grand. I never knew any. Have you? Did you Congrats. actually go? I did go. So I got was the five hundred dollars. Was it worth it? So it was. So again, like we were talking about the things you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. Um, and just being in that environment of meeting people from all different cultures and all walks of life. So from that standpoint, yes, it was good. So it's going to be what you make it in a yeah. way. Well, You're was in the a actual content they provided, was that good? Or was so, it well, that was the thing. For me, I didn't need all of it because they had a broad scope right. of content. Um, you but, just went for people. Well, no, for people and, like, for real estate. So, like, for me, I've always known how to be a – so there's a difference between being a hustler and being a business per owner. So, like, when I talk to you guys about being able to, like, have systems and have things in place that are running, so I'm not always doing it. So, like, when I got in the business and even now I'm still working on it, I'm more of the hustler, entrepreneur, because everything right. works because I make it work versus me leveraging and employing other people to do things so the business is really running like a business. I think in the beginning that's good. And trust me, we are far from, like, system-based. Okay. Like, we work on it every fucking day. The, I've always heard the goal is to build a business that if you went away for a month, the business would still run. Right. Would I tell That's you the our, difference between a business and a company? Right. Would I tell you that our our company now would run if Andrew and I left for a month? <laughs> Fuck no. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> right? Yeah, but, but it if, will. But it but will. Like I could leave or you could leave. That's true. We, that's why we have each other. Yeah. But I've I've left in the past without John around and it was not fun no no when you're small when you're like a one-man show or two-man show and you leave and you know what you just tell all your customers i'm leaving right i'm coming back you in a couple weeks down. you just shut it down like okay. hey you can't shut it down when you have a lot of responsibility people looking at you that's probably why we haven't taken a vacation in like two years right right that's a lie i've taken a bunch of vacations in the last two years <laughs> all right well, i've only taken one but but John has well not. even take a vacation and not have to bring the laptop with you or answer the phone is you know that's the oh no that's not a thing. <laughs> the last time I took that's a fucking a vacation, this fucking asshole. <laughs> okay, I'm selling him a lot on Leith Gastric. Mark Dayok, you're an asshole, you're fucking pimply motherfucker. He's buying this. He's buying this fucking lot from me on Leith Gal, and I got the whole thing approved. I went out to the market to sell it as a new construction lot. I didn't want to build in the city. Mm-hmm. I'm like buy the lot so. He he puts up he puts up some deposit, gives me a receipt, has a title company send me an email that they have the deposit. Okay, man, like we gotta settle. Here's the settlement date. He misses it. It's like what's going on? He's like, ah, tomorrow. We'll settle tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, tomorrow. I think three to four months this shit went on. It's like, oh man, the end of the week. I got my investor. I got the investor. You can call him. So like he's he patched me in with different people. Mm-hmm. And finally we get down. It's like, look, we get down, and this is like in May. I got my big Disney trip lined up with the kids. I got three fucking kids, like, 
going to Disney with three kids, you got zero time. And he he's like, we're going to settle. I got everything lined up. So I get everything lined up to go, right? They're going to overnight me the deed. I'm going to overnight it back. But he fucks it up, right? And so the whole Disney trip, I'm trying to deal with this maniac asshole. Somehow he puts me in default. I obviously like counter default him. Okay. He never actually posted a, a, a deposit. He had some investor post it on his behalf because he was essentially flipping the deals to somebody else where he was going to manage it. So the deposit they put up with him, he then in turn flipped to say it was his. De- and regardless. He, is, he was supposed to be assigned in it. Trying to work on vacation like that ruins the vacation. That guy owes me a week of my life. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Anyway, turns out we got him out, defaulted it. I released him. He released me. We ended up selling it for much more money than Somebody he had. Else. For more money than we had it. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I guess someone higher power to be was looking out for me. Dude, right? somebody texted me. Somebody texted me on my honeymoon. That that individual um, will be forever dead to Ariel. Was that me? It was not you. Mm. It was oh, Lord. shit. Yeah. I know who that person is. Anyway. Yo, do you know what this guy you did? You just don't do that. This guy, I had known him for a little while. What did I do? We were like, we're getting becoming like we're becoming friends. He's like, yo, man, I'm having an engagement party this Saturday. You want to come? I was like, yeah, dude, I'm there. I'm there, man. I'm like, we're having a party. We're having a party. I'm like, all right, like you know, trying to get everything worked out. I procrastinated, procrastinated. I was like, fuck, like I got to deliver this house. I'm still working. I'm not going. Like I just usually in the part of a day when I don't want to do something, I just ignore it. Okay. Turns out the fucking guy had a surprise wedding that day. Okay. So I missed his fucking wedding. <laughs> what an asshole I am. And then he left for a week. <laughs> now you had a whole week to think about how you missed his wedding. And one of the guys told me, I was like, oh, my God. And I sent him a text. He's like, yo, man, sorry. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew you weren't coming. I wasn't worried about it. Hey, you did your part. You did extend an offer. Yeah, I did it. I did. I did yeah. I he did the right thing. Well, yeah, I got married last year. It was great time. Stressful everything before it, but great time. Great he just time. had to reprioritize the invitation. That was all. If I knew he was getting married, I would have like told like, "Fuck it, I'm going." <laughs> but then you know, you look at the priority of things. So I don't know. Well, yeah, next time I do something surprise motion like that, like I'll have to clue you in. You're gonna slip in a side note. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you got married? Yes. Cool. Yeah, last November. So we're nice. coming up on our one year anniversary. Don't forget it. You know, it's in a calendar. I've, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mm. dad. I have two kids, so I, I forget everything that I don't put on I my calendar. I forgot my tenure. It's in the calendar. <laughs> I'm <laughs> an idiot. Go. Yeah. So everything's on a calendar. So part of, like you said, having systems is one of the things I tried to add in and being accountable. So I was like, can't say I didn't know. Like, if I didn't put it in the calendar, calendar it wasn't important to me. <laughs> we got married on August 1st, so it was easy to remember. Okay. Wife walks in. It's like 830 at night. She's like in lingerie. I was like, hey, what are you dressed up for? <laughs> She's like, you're a fucking idiot, but we're doing this anyway. <laughs> Still getting lucky. Literally getting lucky. Here I was like, go. sweet. <laughs> Do you guys find it hard trying to balance, like, work and family life? Uh, you just don't balance it. You just work. Oh, yeah, honestly, I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Like, yeah. My the, wife's very understanding of um, the situation. I see. We, Small we, children or any children? No children. I have three. Okay. Nine, seven, three. Oh, you're a dad, dad. Oh, uh, it sucks. Well, it's, I love my kids, <laughs> but it's really hard balancing work, right, right, family. Right. I know like, what you mean. Like you know, tonight they they understand, they get it. 
We're instilling. I think in the long run, the kids will be better off for it. I think I, his son is already a savage. Yeah. He's already like hustling and mowing the lawn and like pushing a mower that he like shouldn't be able to push. Yeah. How old is he? He's seven. He's, okay. been, he's been mowing the lawn since like the spring and the self propel is broken, so I won't fix it for him. He's just pushing so he just the mower pushes it right. up the hill, down far. the hill, up the hill. Um, no, no but they understand when I am with him, though, I try to give him as much un- throw the phone undedicated right. attention as I can. Um, and I think picking up hobbies with them is important because I can't fucking sit around the house, right. right? Sit around the house with them. Fuck, I got to do something with them. So we picked up fishing together. Okay. Um, we tried horseback riding for a while with my daughter. Then I realized that that becomes a shit show and really expensive. <laughs> I was like, hmm, forget X now. We're gonna like, find something we're gonna else. Fucking, what about softball, honey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the travel softball, like travel sports, we're out on that. Like, I don't have time. For, I don't have time. For, my son's really good at baseball, but like, you just got to steer him away. School like, team, school team. Yeah, mow, keep team. mowing the lawn, son. Keep mowing the lawn, son. We'll we'll do a business together. You know. What right. I mean? so yeah. No, the work life balance. You just got to fuck it. Like the whole goal for me, and I think I was gonna. That was one of the questions. Is what's everyone's goal? I think the goal is freedom. So then you can choose what you want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. Right. And once you get that full freedom and build that team and you better everybody on your team and they have freedom, I think that's the ultimate goal for uh, for at least for me right. in a way. Because then once you're free, you start making different, better decisions to help hopefully more people right. and to do better in the world. Because I don't think God or anybody put us on the earth to work nine to five, die have a retirement 401k that gets passed on the kids and then they work a nine to five die. Like that's just a sad fucking life. Right. Let alone if you even have time to enjoy those years of retirement. Oh dude. People, I'm enjoy- I want to enjoy it now. Yeah. People right. look forward to retirement for 65 fucking years. Right. So, and so, then they get there and they're like, Oh, my body can't really do much. <laughs> I can't even enjoy my money. I can't even enjoy it. Now, so that goes back to the point of like, at this point for me being an entrepreneur, I couldn't see anything else. I, I, I can't see anything else. And then, like, when you asked about goals, like, for me, my goal is to have enough properties that is bringing enough cash flow that, you know, my wife could choose to go to work if she wants yeah. to go to work. Or my, my mother, both my, my wife and my mom both work at hospitals. So COVID mm-hmm. definitely opened my eyes up that I'm not working, one, hard enough. Two, I'm not thinking big enough because they shouldn't have to go work in an environment that could possibly cause, cause them their life. Tell, um, tell him what you told me the other day. Oh, about pen, pen nurses? Yeah, hear, hear this shit. <clears throat> pen nurses, if they get COVID, they don't get paid time off. Interesting. Because why? Uh, because the stipulation is if oh, you yeah. failed to use your PPE while you were off premise, mm-hmm. you probably contracted COVID because of your negligence. So they're saying <laughs> that this, the PPE is 100% effective. Which is d- not. data came out today. I haven't had a chance to read it. I'm a reader. <laughs> Um, but apparently, in the eighty percent, I, I I briefly glanced over it. Um, it was in the eighty percentage of people that contracted COVID said that they were religious about wearing masks. What they um, don't realize is the COVID. and like very persistent. So like there's there's a lot of things, and I'm not a scientist, so there's a lot of things that I think aren't completely understood. Or there's, you know, procedurally, like, yes, the mask as an as a as a function works, but like the mask only works is like if you take the mask off and then you dispose of it. Like if you're reusing the same German infested mask, it's like no big deal. And that's what everybody's doing. Fuck you. Everybody's doing it. I got it. yelled at this guy in, in Wawa 
I, I like had my mask down. I forgot to put it up. I was like tasting my coffee, which I think you're, you know, I got to make sure you mix the right fucking coffee. The guy's like, hey, where's your mask? And he has this N95 mask that's black and so dirty from his fingerprints that there's right. no way that this shit's stopping anything mm. or it might because you can't even breathe in it. Right. I don't know, man. But yeah. We're not gonna. We've already gone. But down, down to the nurse. Yeah, the nurse. Yeah. <laughs> can't go down that route. No. Long. Yeah. My um, my wife was a nurse for a long time up until COVID, and okay. she quit because of COVID. Right. Yeah. So that's that's the that's the goal for me. So it was sure definitely like those first couple of weeks. It was like what? Are you when fucking deal? Oh yeah. When you're fucking dealing with that, I was like, no. You're not going there, right? I was like, not dealing with that. How shit. old are your kids? So I have a six year old and a three year old. Nice. Um, both two boys. And like you said, you talk about hobbies. So because of COVID, I got bored. So now I went and bought them a four-wheeler. Um, so we go ride the four-wheeler at the park or in the driveway. Um, Hell yeah. We have fun doing that. Um, my youngest son, he's he's just ball of energy all day, every day. Yeah. He, he wants to do everything. My oldest son, he's more of a, uh, I call him like the, the smooth talker politician. He, he he loves everybody. He knows how to make everybody feel, feel good. Um, but he also was involved in the real estate where, like, I've been taking him since he was born. You know, the little harness. Yeah. Showing him houses. I said, like, baby Bjorn. I'm gonna, I'm gonna brainwash you. Like, you're gonna like think real estate is the way. So, like, when yeah. he rides through the neighborhoods, he's like, oh yeah, that's that's our house. That's mm-hmm. our other house. You know, he'll point him out to his grandparents when he's riding in the car, and I'm like, all right, you got it. Like, you're on your way. Um, and then like as each kid, my child, each of my children, as they've been born, I bought a property just for them. Let me run you by this because I had this idea. I had this thought. No, it was probably like six, seven months ago. And Andrew and I were like, well, maybe a little longer ago. It was like, I work for my father-in-law. Mm-hmm. And you b- build up a big company. And then at some point, the people working, like I'm working for him, it came to a decision. It's like, he's not ready to retire. I'm ready to run my own thing. It's like complicated. right? I, I, had, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He has a going. son. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I really, like, I don't want to upset my kids when they get older if i want to continue doing this i just don't want to be in that position so i came up with this and let me know if like you think this is a good idea okay if my if my kids want to be in business right or want to run, like own a business run a business i'm gonna start i'm gonna let them start a business and i'm gonna be their employee be their employee and okay. be their advisor mm-hmm. until they're ready to take the wings. Like, look, man. Hopefully, at that point in my life, we we have a an empire, basically. Right. And it's like, look, that empire is our empire, but everything that you learn, you can restart an empire. Right. And you can restart that. So why not start a business with your kid? Let help them get it going, and then let them go. I try to I try to explore. Well, there's two parts to that. One, once you start a business, and like. There's starting a business and then there's like running a business and like the tactical side of things and then the scaling. And then like once you're really dialed into that, replicating it is extremely easy. Um, And like having that knowledge passed down to you like straight from your father like that is such a benefit. Um, I had a kid that I went to high school with that whose father um, made them a deal. It was like, well, look, I'll either pay for your college or I'll give you this amount of cash towards a you starting a business. Okay. Um, I like that idea. Well, yeah, he's a baller. And <laughs> pull my microphone off the thing. <laughs> I 
But anyway, he, um, the idea I was, when I heard that, I was kind of just like, wow, like if you ever had the means to do that, your kids are just going to blow it either way. So why not, you know, you're, you're sending them to college. Like that's not really that great of an experience or what it's all chucked up to be in terms of like having the debt and then getting that experience. But college is more of like the social experience. It's like an experiment. It's like, so you can grow up and mature, but like, you can also say that like, that's kind of what I did in business. Like I went to college, like I did the college thing twice. Um, but I also did the business thing at the same time. So like it took me years to like get perceivably successful and I still have a long road to go in like my opinion, but I have learned lessons on, like, the back. Like, I've learned the most brutal. And, like, I didn't have that many mentors. I didn't have a father, like, taught me business. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just learned it, like, the hard way. And, like, there's a little bit of value to that. Right. And so, like, I don't know that, like, I don't know. So, you, so. Actually, I think you got to talk into the mic. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Just turn it towards you. Okay, I'm sorry. So. I was like, I can't hear him. I'm deaf. So. I'm saying I agree with you, right? Mm. But I'm also giving you a little pushback. Yeah. So I, I feel the same way that college, not that it's necessarily a social experiment, but I'll be honest that college was great time, best time of my life. Like, <laughs> forget the debt. Like, I didn't come out with a whole lot of debt, but I think the debt was worth it. For between the experiences I had with meeting people, just the, the trials and tribulations that I went through trying to get through college. Like I said, I, I was flunking out my sophomore year. Like, that test right there for me showed me I could make it through anything. Um, but I don't know if I had jumped into like business or the real world at that age, I'd be able to handle adversity. So I feel like college also was a buffer to help me get that maturity and to be ready for what was to come. Mm. Um, but I also love the idea, like you said, the, your one friend with the business. So that's why I said I have those properties. So I have, Oh, he blew all the money. So, but I also feel like that comes from his whole life. He's been blowing stuff. That wasn't just something he started when he got. Oh, home. I would one hundred percent. That's on the yeah. Yeah, yeah I would one hundred percent. We'd all agree that's on the parents. So, to like so, be but like, look, so, man, you're shit. Right. So for us, and like even coming, like so for me, I'm first generation technically entrepreneur. I'm first generation to graduate from college as a male in my family. So I feel like my humble beginnings or my successes, I'm hoping that I pass them down to my child. So like, and we talk about this with my friends. Like, we're somewhat successful, and our kids are spoiled. Like, they're spoiled. Like, they have, like, my son is six with a, a four-wheeler. I've never had a four-wheeler in my life. I didn't ride my first four-wheeler till I got to college. So, it's like, he's six. My youngest is three. He knows how to ride a four-wheeler. Like, they know how to do all these cool things. Mm. So, it's like a gift and curse, but I feel like it's, I feel like it's a risk I'm willing to take for my kids. Like you said, he could fail. He could mess it up. But that's the benefit of him having me. So, like, I just got to be aware, like, he might mess it up, but him and it, it might be a lesson in him messing that money up. Hopefully, it might take him five, six years to figure out, like, yo, I messed that money up. Like, mm-hmm. you, you messed up something. You squandered it. But at the same token, hopefully it, it clicks someday. And that's my goal as a parent, to just put my kids in position that they make good decisions, that they have those opportunities. Because when you talk about going to college or go to the Army, I, I only had two options. It wasn't too many other things to do or go get a job get a job and do what i don't know what i want to do and nobody really knows what they want to do when they go to college or whatever but i think what you're hitting on you want to pass that stuff on to your child but you don't want to make them like the dude the kid that you know that blew all the shit chris como said probably the only good thing he's ever said here we go good times 
Good times make weak people. Weak people make hard times. Hard times make strong people. Strong people make good times. He stole that quote. He probably did, but I fucking heard him say it. I hate that dude, but I've heard him say it multiple times. It's a great quote. But I'm, I'm, if he could find one of those good buttons, that would be a time to hit the button for that quote. I love it. Yeah. No, I don't. It, That's a great that, quote. That Yeah. So, like, what that was originally spoken around was, like, post-World War II when, the, like, the men came back. They, like, one of the polit- like great politicians of that time. I wish I could say his name at this time. I'll come back with it eventually. But like he was speaking about how like these were like these were stronger men like you're not like the men and shit like the the boys and the men that you sent away weren't the same men that came back like that were coming home. I know they were you like mean. you got to like these are harder individuals now, right? Because they've been through some stuff. They've, they've had <laughs> yeah. experiences. Yeah, killing. The quote Nazis. was from a post-apocalyptic novel by the author Michael Humph. Sums up the stunningly persuasive cyclical version of history. Wikipedia told you that, huh? No, that's uh, FP. <laughs> it's by Brett Devell. <laughs> yeah, but does your but, wife have any interest? No, so I was gonna say, but I think, and that's why I said I think it's you know depending on your upbringing. So it's like I'd rather put my kids in position to squander money versus you know I've I know some people where they had to go get jobs just to help take care of their parents and their younger siblings kind of thing. So it was like, again, knowing what I know now, I was like, I honestly don't mind. Like, I want my kids to technically be Which spoiled. Which evil do you want? Right. I technically want my kids to be spoiled, but I also want them to appreciate and be accountable and responsible for them being spoiled so that they can do, do now you know spoil my grandkids. Just give them around a bunch of friends that will kick their ass at the get out of line. You know what I mean? <laughs> no more play dates. I fucking hate play dates. <laughs> We're going to play date today. You, you got, you do, got do, something do you, you want to talk about right now? So we no. don't. So we. So we don't do the play dates as much because the circle. My circle is kind of kind of small, and I just. You just let the kids play naturally. They right. go outside, they play. At least in like, they play. They figure it out. There's no like arranged play dates. But I got somebody's that they got arranged play dates, and their kids like eight. Dude, this is so strange. Like you, you scheduled a time a week ahead in advance because you're too busy or you're not like whatever. What if the kid doesn't has a bad mood and doesn't want to play that day? You know what I mean? Because that happens. Right. No, I get it. But but again, I think that's that's just more so their environment per se. Like, but that's a bad environment. Playdays is a bad playdays is gonna form a bunch of weak kids. Get me out of here. And this. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but but again, you know, that's why I say like, hey, my my goal for my kids, like, even if they don't want to do business, like, hey, I got these properties set aside for you that again, you can go to college. We're paying for the college through the properties. If you don't want to go to college, you want to start a business. Or, like, I had one friend. I, I didn't meet him till college. He spent two years traveling. Then he went to college. And I'm like. Could have been the best thing for his life ever. But, but, that's what, but at, when I met him, he was so mature, and he didn't care about school per se. He, he was, like, more focused. Like, he wasn't stressed because he's like, I lived life. I've, I've done some things. Like, Do you think Israel has it right? Make everyone serve in the military for two years? Probably not just for, like, defense, but also for personal growth. No. I don't know to say you don't think that's to right? say no. to have that Israel has it right in the same sense. It would never work in America because America is probably what 30, 30 times bigger. I think what that that does, um, like we have like a the issue of like tribalism. I mean, it's not an issue; it's just natural. Like human beings like want to team up. Like you have you know 
racial teams, you have religion, religion yeah. teams, like you have teams. you have Eagles versus Cowboys. Like it goes on all levels. Like humans just want to like team up with other humans and like or my tribe versus your I mean, tribe. Humans so, are pack animals, right? Yeah, so that just like uh creates that. If you force everyone to do... Yeah. Well, yeah, everybody's if, fucking everyone, hardcore, like, pro-Israel because everybody's fought in the military. That's all it does is create, like, a sense of What if of they make someone do something? Like, what if you had a choice, right? And I'm, again... You can't... I, I, I've often thought about this and, like, go down, like, the forced service or, like, mandatory... Forced, but what if it's, but that's like what encouraged? It is. What if you get benefits or you incentivize? Why not do an incentive? So... I think dude, fuck that, not, dude. not no, just military, no, no, no. but it could be like it could be social service, it could be infrastructure service, it could be military service, it could be peace service, like it could be a variety no. of things. We need no, less so of that I, stuff. So I'm saying no because the the difference is so again, I think it depends on where you're from. So if you're from the inner city, you go do this for two years, what are you coming home to? The opportunities are still minimum. But if I do it for two it's just say if you do it for two years and you're from Doylestown. The opportunities are different, so it was worth your while to go do that. But it's not guaranteed to be worth your while coming from an area that's already in poverty. I'm just going back to poverty. Now I got a couple dollars in my pocket, but now I don't even know what to do with the couple dollars because now I'm taking care of everybody that's home. Right. So what would you say, like, yeah, unlimited amount of resources. We won't even say money. Say you're just the most, most resourceful. You know people. You have financial means you know people with financial means like how do you how do you make your impact wait how do you make your, your impact so like that like because you're saying like the problem is that like you can the, educate the, and then like you're going back ultimately to like a situation that's not positive right like you obviously have to make an impact at like an earlier age you have to either get like i swear to god if you fucking touch that camera i will fucking kill you you have to like you have to impact people people experience different things yes i'll have another um and you the mandatory pro like the mandatory thing that he's talking about it's not it's not plausible because everybody transitions or makes those realizations or affirmations or like at different times in their life based upon what happens to them or their their product of their environment or whatever that is so like yeah you can start and like educate young kids a certain way but you kind of have to like Educate everyone. You right. can't discriminate against like age or things like that. Right. But how, so how would you do that? But that's where I'm saying the problem is it's it's never going to be an even playing field. Okay. But that's why I'm saying like I don't I it don't I don't like the idea of everybody gets this path because the even though we all got this path, you are, we already know when we all exit, we're all going to go back to our our realities per se. Um, I mean, as far as being impactful, like just say hypothetically, if it was a thing. I mean, all, you, all you're going to end up doing is influencing people to go do what you did. But, again, it's just going to be a cycle, I feel like. So would you ever, like, open up your platform? Like, say you reach a certain, you know, point where you're like, hey, you know, I've experienced more than just real estate. Like, I kind of can teach people how to, like, experience entrepreneurship. Would you ever, like, write about that or, like, do something more, like, on a open more open based than just focusing on real estate so i i kind of do that now so mm -hmm. i have a instagram live that i do every thursday at eight o'clock um and what we do is i interview other entrepreneurs some in real estate some do uh stock investments um some are some financial coaches some credit repair so we're basically trying to help give people all the tools that no matter what they want to do they they'll have the opportunity to utilize what they have where they have 
and become successful or just even comfortable in life. You and that fucking arm, dude. I'm just trying to extend it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I um, I think that... So Thursday, impo- 8 o'clock? Thursday, 8 o'clock. Yeah, Thursday. How long have you been doing that for? Since COVID started. So, again, now we talk about how to make your impact, and but also how to stay connected to people. So, like, I'm a super... I'm a person that... I need people interaction. So, like, COVID drove me crazy in the beginning because it's like, you mean to tell me I got to sit in the house yeah. with my kids, with my wife every day, all day? Like, we're just... You could drive around the neighborhood really fast and, right, during and just, COVID. And look, and look at nobody outside. Like, it just yeah. was an eerie bad feeling. It's weird. Um, so, like, I'm like, all right, I got to figure it out. And I was kind of nervous about it, but I've done it, and it's grown now. So, every, like, you know how you people watch whatever show on Monday night or Friday night? Like, my friends are like, no, we watch your Instagram live every Thursday now. So, like, I wanted to stop almost two months ago. Now I can't stop. But it's growing to where, like, now people are hitting me up, like, hey, can you interview me? That's why I was shocked. Like, when you guys hit me up, like, how'd you guys find me? I'm like, all right, it's starting to work. My platform's starting to, you know, reach more people, and especially, like, Philadelphia all the way to the Doylestown. I'm like, all right, where else can this thing go? Um, so Yeah, you know, I kind of – I found your Instagram page and then your book, and I, or I saw the link on your Instagram page. Um, and so I was like, oh, this guy's got a book. Like, what's this, what's this guy all about? Dude, and then I followed right, you for a few a weeks. A move. And you, you look like you were making some sort of move or like trying to figure out the social media thing or figure out your way, get your style together. Right. So I was, I was like, no, it's, this it's character is coming on the show. It's constantly, it's constantly growing. Um, and it's, it's, it's something that just you got to keep figuring it out. But my motto's always been like, just do it and figure it out. Like, mm. it doesn't have to be perfect. And that's how. It's grown. Like, I didn't have any flyers at first. Now I got flyers, and people know. And, you know, like I said, I decided to make sure I really got shirts now. So, like, everywhere I go, I'm just constantly trying to brand and just connect with people. And it's a conversation starter at the end of the day. You know, so whether we talk about real estate, whether we talk about just life and, you know, different walks of life and how things operate, like, from your perspective versus my perspective, I feel like that's also how we bridge that gap and break up some of the disconnect or even the the pushback. Like we said, we talk about gentrification or just even racial tensions. I'm all about not agreeing, but still agreeing to disagree. So like Mm. it's, it's fine. You just have to be open to hearing everybody. And at the end of the day, I feel like if we can be open to hearing each other, every, everyone has, we talked about this a lot. Everyone has a different perspective and it's not anyone's fault. What their perspective is. It's when people stop communicating about the, differences of how they grew up or the differences of perspective that's when the problem happens. and i think that's exactly what you're saying so right you, so like i grew up in a very different area than the northeast mm-hmm. when i came to northeast like everyone was sarcastic and moved like <laughs> fucking really fast and like everyone was scheming on each other i didn't know who to trust like i was like fuck like i don't really know what's going on because i'm pretty sure in montana like when people said they're gonna do something they're gonna it, do it they're gonna fucking do it if they don't do it like it's not a good so you come up here. It's not the good. It's not the good. <laughs> you come up here and it's like, whoa, this place is schemy as fuck. <laughs> and so, like, it just takes a while. But it's just, and, like, you grew up in a much different place than I would even understand. But the fact is, like, it's different. And just talk about it. And then you learn. I learn from you. You learn from me. Right. And then and I think that's, I think the world is much, and especially America, is much closer to and each other. Think. Than they think than the media because the media is just making fucking ratings on these shows every night. You know what I mean? Well, it comes it comes Chris down Como. to like a lack of accountability in our culture as just or just human lack of accountability. I don't know where it starts or stops because people aren't on, yeah they're not on, you're not 
nobody's honest with themselves about any of these problems. Yeah. Like it's not as simple as every some people would like to make these it. Problems out. are hard. We got tough problems in America, right? Yeah, but we also have a lack of some other problems. Like it's very e- like America yeah. is very easy comparatively to other countries to like start at a, at like one point and go upwards if you can like connect the dots well, so but the key is to like we're plateau how to right? how to like, do that you start as a developing country here and you go and you get medicine age if people live longer right income levels increase and i think america has plateaued and the question will be how does america continue to rise or does it do like every other culture in the history of the world and it starts to fall right how do we jump as a culture I don't know, be nicer to each other and make more I jokes. I don't, yeah, I think make more jokes. I don't fucking know. So, what do you do? You, I was going to no, no, let you. He's like looking over at the corner. I was going to test your joke out on my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, so I so I get what both of you guys are saying. Um, I'm more so, my perspective on it is it's just tough because depending on where you come from, you feel like. Like, so when we talk about problems, sometimes it's like, hey, I get that there's a problem and I'm willing to to deal with it or even be accountable to it. But it's kind of tough when you when to even take that that challenge on when you already come out the gate feeling like you're being slighted. You know, so from like that perspective, it's it's kind of hard to even get to that point or even like you said, push it as a whole, because some people are starting down here. Some people are starting here. Some people are starting here. Yeah. And it's like, and I th- think as you also do, I feel like you do have to have some separation. Not everybody can be equal. That's what makes America great in a sense of you can be competitive. And right. it's, it is up to you at the end mm-hmm. of the day. But at the same token, it's like some people do. Some people do have to dr- jump over more hurdles than others. We just need more mentors in the world. No, more I would agree with that. I, I would say my statement on like lack of accountability would just be like no one no one is living up to the expectations they have for everyone else like That's, as individuals like people people we want hold others hired high, more accountable than we do ourselves everyone's walking around yeah. with like this these people or these politicians or Trump or Biden or whoever whoever like the the person is of the day is like it's easier to make somebody else the problem it's like oh this person blah 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 i can't believe that and i'm like look at yourself look at yourself in the mirror and have an honest honest moment with yourself and think about it like is this what i should be like did i do i have myself in in like completely together should i be like focusing a little bit more energy on maybe my physical fitness or reading a little bit more or like you know Expanding my network or like people get so they're not honest about that. Some people do get bogged down with that. So like that's something that I know when I talk to people, they they don't necessarily like my my take on it because my thing is like I don't watch the news that often. Yeah, Um, agree. I I mean, it's tough sometimes I have to disconnect from social media because it can be overwhelming. Yeah. Um, But at the same token, I do have to at least stay in tune with the gist of what's, you know, going on per se. Mm. Um, you know, but like I said, it's just for me, I think they'll go back to your accountability. I hold myself accountable to a higher standards to the point where my whole thing is, look, 
I'd rather just focus on me because it's easier to focus on me versus try to fix everybody else. And if I fix me, maybe that'd be to start to influence somebody else kind of thing. Yeah, but like in in your story, like the two notable points like that, like you had the ambition or like the recognition that you were like, I cannot do things at this level. I need to like, I need to find this this right. safety or this freedom or this like this opportunity yeah. this opportunity or any like whatever you're looking for like you identified that you had that or that was the thing and regardless of like you knowing whether or not like how the banking system worked like you made that identification and you started pursuing something right. what are, well I, the crazy thing like you said the fact that even like the banking system i was so ignorant or blind to what the banking system was right I attempted it because I just thought it was like everything else. Like, yeah, just fill out an application. Yeah, like, but that's fine. That's how we do things, honestly. We, we're fast to fail. We honestly go, oh, is this going to work? And throw it at the wall. <laughs> and if it sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't, we know it doesn't stick anymore. Right. We can move to the next thing. And that comes from comfort from failing so many times. Uh, you, it's really rare that you see someone new to entrepreneurship or new to like maturity and, right. and they're just like free with it like that. Right. Like that comes from just like, yeah, well, it's, it's what, what, what's the worst that could happen kind of mentality. Um, yeah, but it, it really comes down to like our country to like, we're not accountable to each other. It's not like, it's not like an accountability, like, Hey, you should take care of yourself accountability. Even it's like bigger than that. It's like nobody, nobody wants to be this greatness that we're all demanding. Everybody else should be right. It's like, he's not presidential. It's like, dude, but look at yourself. Like, how are you going to be critical with this right now? Like you, like you just went through your third bankruptcy. Like you want to see his finances. Like how about like if we all like kind of just took a moment. I don't think it's like wrong to be concerned with like social issues and get caught up in like changes or different sports or like whatever those hypes are that people get wrapped up in. Um, but it's important to realize that like if you're really good taking care of yourself and making sure you're like dialed in and like being the best you, he's doing that and I'm doing that. Everything across the board is better for everybody. Like, there's just, like, this momentum that we can pick up. And you see it in other cultures that are, like, we're divided right now because everybody is so critical about how everybody else is doing things rather than worrying about being like, hey, what are we doing wrong? Like, what are, like taking a step back and be like, they're like, no, 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 we're not doing anything wrong. You're doing stuff wrong. It's like, no, but, like, what, what changes could we make? And then, like, I think if somebody did that or, like, that tone stepped up, in just like everyday life like people would be like honest with what changes they could make in just everything like oh i could take the shopping cart back when i go to the fucking grocery store Dude. or hey when i go to the gym maybe finding the closest fucking parking space isn't the most important thing to me when i'm going to walk on the treadmill for an hour <laughs> maybe finding a parking space store like i'm gonna spend 10 minutes looking for a fucking parking space while i go to the gym like there's different habits that we all have that are just like terrible and i think there's some habits that we have as a culture that kind of like got us into this like very divisive nature instead of being being like clear like the media and things run away with the stuff and like we need to be like hey, hey, hey that doesn't seem right. right like before you jump down that dude's throat that like doesn't believe the same thing take a step back and be like hey maybe i'm gonna attack this dude right now for something that's not even real 
or legitimate or maybe this is a fake story or maybe somebody said something and like you're reading an opinion piece and you don't have all the facts like there's so much like take there's not a, that's maybe just take a step back that's all well accountability self-accountability listen to each other love that's each that. other that's love all each it other. Is. it's just so frustrating it's frustrating i don't know yeah, so I'm saying, so I'm saying, I, I I hear where you're what you're saying. I just think it's just really, really great because depending on where you come from and what you've been through, it for some people it could really feel like it's not set up or even an opportunity for you to even have any of those. So how do you fix? How do you fix it? But we asked that. No, nah, yeah, but we haven't like. But you I don't know how to fix. It. I try. Like, how do you fix it? No, nah, so I mean, but then that goes back to what you were saying. I feel like if if you work on you being great, but then you teach somebody else how to be great. Oh yeah, we need I've a, ta- we need a, a bunch, bunch of mentors. Of People have to mentor each other. So It'd so there's nice a responsibility to the each other. You have a responsibility to each it's other, like, I guess. Then. To light each other's fucking candle. So maybe it's not accountability. Maybe you just like dial your shit in and then check your buddy and just walk around with the torch lighting candles. But I I know personally. It's way easier for me to have an impact on people around me living the way I do. Like I'm a, like I live, like I hold myself to such a high standard Mm -hmm. that like when I see somebody that's like, Hey, if you could just tweak this thing that you're doing, like you would get a little bit more results this and and what you're doing over here. Mm -hmm. Like people will listen more than if I'm completely not dialed in and I'm like, Hey buddy, you know, maybe you should do a better job at this. And then they're like, look at your fucking self. Get out of here. I'm not even going to listen to you. But if like you yourself are in check and like, you're like, cause like you're the same example where like you've like, you've put in the time, you've made the sacrifices, like you've learned lessons and now you're sharing your lessons. Right. But like nobody would listen to your lessons. Like you'd be the two deal and five year guy walking around fraudulently, like sharing your fake lessons. Right, right, right. So like you had to be accountable to yourself first, and then like then you had like the responsibility to like. But like you sharing your lesson was really just you being accountable to yourself to like try and build your business. I think it's really cool. I haven't read your book. Mm-hmm. I got it in my shopping cart on Amazon. It's ready to go, dude. That's yeah, only how much is it? Nineteen ninety eight. How much of that do you get? Like, how does that work? So, real quick, like sidebar. So, short version of it is it's me and my mentor, Lisa Porto, who yeah. came up with the Real Estate 100. So, um, I forget how much the books actually cost, but me and her have a percentage that we split off of each book that's sold. So, you get a couple bucks every book. Right. That's pretty cool. Um, got to ask a question. Do you talk about refinance in your book? So, not in this book, no. <laughs> so, that is the part of the, the coursework that's coming. Because refinance. God. Are you going to turn to your refinance page in the notebook? No, I fucking took <laughs> He notes. was opening it up like, well, I've got, I wrote something down two weeks ago. Right. About- no, I fucking wrote it down just now. I want to <laughs> refine it. There's two things that if you're interested, one's very particular to Philadelphia and one is across the board. Okay. One's under attack from people who want to reform, like reform taxes, and it's kind of tough, The and that's the refinance. So... For all the listeners out there that may be listening new to us for the first time because you're on here or whatever. Real estate folk. Real estate folk. You buy a building for 100000 You put 50000 into it, and you increase and double your rents because the place is nicer. There's right. no, like, cockroaches and rats and shit running around. It's nicer. And then on an evaluation standpoint, which is a whole other topic, that building becomes worth two fifty. 
Okay. And you can get a loan for what? 80% loan to value or 75%, whatever that is. You can refinance out 200 grand. Right. So that $50,000 extra that now you have cash on is completely tax free because it's equity. Right. Right. So it's the beauty of the refinance. So the first strategy. Right. So the major, almost all of the real estate guys that own massive amount of apartment buildings that I know have made their money not necessarily on, I mean, money's made on the buy, but it's also made on the refi. The refi. And then taking that money and, inve- and, and investing it. The second one is like... Buying a, a boat? No, no, no. Okay, so not buying a boat. Not buying a boat. Okay, so we're clear not on yet. that. Not yet. Not yet. yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. So that's the gift of the refinance. Now, they're trying to take that away. Some people would say that they're trying... Like, and it's it's tough. It's a, They want to tax it or... No, they want... Yeah, they want to tax it. Okay. Which is a problem. That's it's when you say fair. some people. Okay, who the who left legislates that? The left, let's say the left branch of the government, of Congress, the left wing, left leaning people. They want to legislate that out that that becomes taxable, but that ends up, in my opinion, ends up hurting the reinvestment, right? And 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 it loses it dis- deters people deters people because because you put in that hard work, you signed the loan. You took the risk and you made that property better for the community. It's an advantage. Right. You should so, be able to reap the benefits. What, of that. Who's the local taxing municipal? Does it go to like the local municipality? That would be, be a federal tax. So it goes be to a federal. It goes it, to they want to make it part of like the federal. So, okay, tax. I disagree with it. Though. So the okay. only the only thing I could say to that, I feel like when it becomes so, so like real estate in general has become popular. Home ownership has become popular. Being a real estate investor has become popular, just like all other things on social media. Right. Um, so I feel like. The government, per se, when it becomes more of a well-known thing and more people are getting involved with it, now they got to regulate it. Too many people are going to reach success. Too many people are going to have. See, you're saying that they want to change it so it... it, Slow it down. It slows down success. So, I mean, it's just like a lot of the... You really think think they're that smart economically that their policy is, like, driven by that? So that's the thing. I don't really think or try to figure out that part i just know that if too many people get their hands in the pot like because just think about it it would be just like too right like you said like how do we change things well it'd be why would you change something like that if it's supposed to be good but now it's not good because everybody's doing it kind of thing so you're so you're saying in all things almost that there's always going to be some people not doing it and some people doing it wait say it one more time so, like, almost in all things that we're doing, business, life, real estate, or whatever we're doing, there's there's always going to be some people that are doing it or f- some people that are doing it, some people that are figuring it out, and some people that are just, like, either not there yet, and then there's some people that are just, like, never going to be there. Right. So, it's the good, better, and different of that. But then, like it's like we were talking about with that government part, my my opinion on it is that you know, as things get popular and things become, you know, seem easier, like you said, more people, like more people in my circle are buying properties and doing the refi. And they're like, we do refis because we don't want to pay taxes on the flip. So it's like, as more people make that the cool thing, government's like, we're missing out on money. They don't want to miss out on money. So like they've, they've got to do something because they're missing out on money. And now that it's so many more people doing it across the board, they're like, yeah, we can't, we can't have that. 
Yeah, I think this one's divided down party lines, though. So the question would be, why Why would one party want to do that? And one party definitely doesn't want to do that. Probably because the party of that, who they represent. Who they represent. But, like, that is God's gift to the people who take the risk and sign and, and put up their... their <laughs> but but that, that goes to the part of... Gift. That's God's gift. That's intense. But, but that's going to the part... That'd be just, like, too right. It'd be too right just to leave it alone. Yeah, they should fucking leave it alone. The second thing is... <laughs> When yeah, they you, should listen. When, when you find this one's specific to Philadelphia, and we we tried this, it was very hard to implement on a large scale. But if you can find certain properties that are dual zoned, right, and build a new construction home with like an apartment in the basement that's legal, I think it's RM one or whatever in Philadelphia. You could get so many more people into home ownership because now they're offsetting their mortgage, which effectively is their income. From the basement apartment. And so, basement apartments could rent for like a thousand bucks or whatever it may be. And let's say your mortgage is only fifteen hundred dollars because you have a ten year tax abatement in Philly. You're you're theoretically like in a brand new house for five hundred bucks a month. So whenever you find those kind of properties, no matter how shitty they are, fucking tear it down, build a new one, put an apartment in the basement. So funny thing is my last project had a walkout basement. Mm-hmm. I did a flip in a neighborhood where nobody thought I'd get the money I was trying to get. Right. Um I spent a lot of money making it nice. It had been praised for more than what I was selling it for, um, which I was kind of tight, but I'm just glad it sold. Glad I did it through COVID. Um, but that concept ideally is great. I think it more so works for like millennials because we're okay with Airbnb. We're okay with having people living under us. Yeah. Depending on your age, you're like, I don't, I don't necessarily want that. Or Maybe unless you're going to do like an in-law, call it the in-law suite kind of thing, make it more appealing to yeah. you know old, the older de- demographic. Um, but the other challenge to that is because, and this is what I said the challenge is, even in the community, me being from the community, I want to change zoning. I want to bring more people. So the people who live on that neighborhood or in that block, they're going to fight it. They're like, it's going to be more cars, more people. We don't want that. Yeah, it's a common thing. Yeah, yeah. more so cars like, on the street. And, we've, and I've dealt with that. Like So I do sit on the board. Of the uh in the Overbrook West the Overbrook West Philadelphia uh like home ownership group, um, the neighborhood association. No sh- what yeah. a goddamn shit show, dude. So, but so my big biggest thing with that, I'm like, yo, there's all these older people, and they're yeah. they're still trying to keep things how it was in the 70s, the 80s. The, the don't blame them. I think I'll get old and want to keep them the same too. But so. So I get it, but then you complain about... Yeah, but these are the same people that we're fu- we go to meetings with and then we have to convince them to like let us shut the fuck up. Right, So, but that's my whole thing. So like you complain that the buildings are being renovated. Now you're complaining that because they didn't renovate them the way you wanted them to, you know, you don't want them to do it. And like they did block one of my friends from changing the property. It was already originally zoned for multifamily. He lost it. The building had changed zoning yeah. because of the original owner. So when he went sure. to buy, he went to reapply. They denied him. It's a corner property with six bedrooms. Who wants a six-bedroom house? Yeah. Its best use is for multifamily. And that, their argument is it's going to be multiple cars. It's going to be too many did people. Did he go into zoning for that? So he was doing the uh, community first. first and then getting ready for zoning. That's a hardship in Philadelphia that if it's too big of a property and it's too much for the average homeowner yeah, in that area. Because when you do a zoning change, there's two types of heart. Like, there's a dimensional variance, mm-hmm. and there's a zoning variance. Okay. With the zoning variance, when you're changing use, you have to show a hardship. And there's, like, a long list of precedents in court of hardships. Okay. A, a dimensional variance, like a five-foot setback, or, an, you know, you have eight feet, but you have seven and a half. You don't have to show a hardship. So you can just talk that out. 
to the the board of Philadelphia and get that approved. I think the hardship thing is like a state law. With a zoning change, you have to prove a hardship. But if you have a corner property that's too big to maintain and the house would be like three times more expensive than the other house in the neighborhood, that's actually a hardship. So your friend actually has hope if he actually just submits for zoning, which takes a little bit of money, goes through the process, gets his zoning refusals, goes to the neighborhood with the zoning refusals, talks out the hardship. It is what it is, but there's going to be precedence to it. And the zoning board's probably going to be like, look, that's a hardship. We'll approve it. I'll prove it. Right. So it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, if the community doesn't want to work with you and you, you've talked this out and you're not being like an asshole and you're like going through the zoning and you have a good legitimate thing. Like right now we're taking a property that's next to a park in, uh, in, uh, East Mount Airy. And the park is a good park. There's tennis courts. Like it's a great civic thing. But I know what you're talking. What you're talking about. <laughs> right? I sold a few properties over there. The, the park is. They just renovated the park. Yeah, the maybe beautiful like two, park. Three years ago. Yeah. There's a there's an old auto Numbers body shop right there. The mm-hmm. old auto body shop on True Avenue. Mm-hmm. That auto body shop has been like the home to like drug deals and shitty shit for a long time. Mm-hmm. The auto body shop's been closed for years. Mm-hmm. There's environmental cleanup that needs to happen. All that. So we're going to be asking for a variance, and the only variance we need is a variance for residential because it's CA1 or whatever it is, which allows a, a building on it, a certain coverage. And, like, one of the only variances we really need is, like, for allow residential and a commercial use. Right. The neighborhood, I, we haven't even gone to the neighborhood meeting yet, and I'm starting to get phone calls and shit that this is, like, it's like, look, we're going to offer, like, a nice building. We'd like to give back to the community, to the park. And we'd also like to donate like a space on the first floor for community, for events, community or events or meetings or to help like sports organizations, like sign up people like we can more than mo- like, and we can more than make that happen. Right. But nobody wants to fucking hear it. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, look, I'm not so sure the city ain't going to side and figure this out. Cause the city doesn't want an auto body shop that's been vacant, that there's multiple drug deals and like a whole like rap, like the property has a rap sheet. Right. They don't want that. So, I think this goes back because so like I also sat on the RCO in West Phil on the other side of West Philadelphia at one point. So like, we'll just say you come in, you do what you got to do, but it still gets approved. Yeah. But the thing is like people don't know you per se, so they feel like they were slighted per se or their voice yeah. wasn't heard. Um, I'm not gonna be very popular. So it's so it's 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 always like a win lose situation. But the, in my opinion, because I and I know some of my friends who were from the neighborhoods in North Philadelphia or Germantown, and they even get pushback. Um, and and messed up thing is the people in the community that, you know, that look like their grandparents or their aunts and uncles, they think my friends are drug dealers because they're doing this. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, you're fighting me because I'm turning this into a drug building? Like, no, like, I do real estate. It's okay. So that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, it's you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But the only thing I always, like, in my personal opinion, is that I feel like, if you get out to the community early before it even starts and just let them know your idea or just do some kind of like meet and greet event, like, Hey, that may work for you. It doesn't work for me. But, but that's what I'm saying. I understand why you say it doesn't work for you, but that's what I'm saying before you even hit the ground running about what your plans are, but just getting out there. So like when they have block cleanups, when they have events, like get to know the community before you start investing in the community so that they can get to know you and believe in your investments. I followed one guy to the podcast. I followed one guy at that same neighborhood meeting last time I got something approved there. And 
<laughs> the guy gets booed, almost thrown out of the fucking room. Mm-hmm. Like fucking yelled at there, throwing shit at him like he's leaving. And they're like rushing the door. He's building something? He or? was building something. He okay. pretty much told them to go fuck themselves. Okay. Right? It was not a great move on his part. Like right. I don't think he'll ever work there again. Big developer in like the Chestnut Hill area. I go in after that, and the fucking room is hot. Right? Like, I'm talking about it. the whole fucking room is hot. But I think I made one fucking joke about myself, and it and it fucking worked. Everyone like calmed down. I think what I'm gonna do is, I think I'm gonna have Andrew perform a little stand up comedy before the next <laughs> event. What if we fucking did? What if we did comedy? Just open mic. And just night. open mic night. Yeah, ten minutes. That. I could see that going left. I could see that going left. Uh, that no, we don't think that would go. Well, what if we told, told the parkour joke? Nobody knows what he didn't even know what parkour was. Fuck. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you that, that <laughs> I don't know. Kiss the babies, help do some cleanup, you know, yeah. help sweep old lady Mary's sweep uh steps or something, you know. And like I said, just genuinely spend time in these neighborhoods. Like especially yeah. if you guys have concentrated areas well, that you want to. We're building in. in it now. I think we're doing a okay. good job. But that neighborhood is very divided. Like so, there's and good the blocks, other, bad blocks, you know. So well, that's, that's everywhere in Philadelphia, but more so in that, there. But yeah. that pocket where you guys are at, you guys are right there on the edge where like overnight it changed, but you yeah. still got some stragglers going on. And like we talk about, how do you combat? You want to make it better, but then you also don't want to push people out. But then you also got people who you necess- don't necessarily need to be pushed out, but they need another opportunity. So we'll we'll just say they need another opportunity. But so that's where I would say when next time you guys are there, let me know. Like I'll I'll come you tell up there. Me I have to reserve. No, I, you tell I me actually, I have to reserve the corner for the drug dealers that we're going to displace. No, but you could say, hey, <laughs> like t- like, and that's the thing. Like I said, my cousin taught me something that I didn't I didn't know. So it's just like, yep. and God, like especially from the inner city, you you're impressed easily, not easily, but you're impressed by things that you think is important until you found out they're not important. So it's like. You know, if you come down and, you know, you got your fa- the fancy car. I don't know what kind of car you drive, but if you got the fancy car. Diesel trucks. So you got the cool trucks. You know, guy, guys want to see that. Some people do appreciate that, and that's a segue for conversation. Or you guys, look, do like the old school guys used to do in South Philly, pull, pull out the, the wiffle ball bats and play baseball in the middle of the street. I'll school them. You know? We'll bring Drew Rico with us. But that's why I also say, like, Next time you guys are down there, let me know. I'll come down there. Um, I love looking at projects, and, you know, we can share each other's platform yeah. to help get the word out. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jumpstart Germantown. Yeah. yeah. Where we, uh, whoa, whoa, we, we are, we. Uh, so, another story on that. We're close with them. So, Ken Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Right? You know Ken? I know Ken. We're doing knows a, Ken. We're doing a project. You know Stan? I you know Stan. Stan. Oh, guy Stan. Okay. That's the, right. No, we're actually we have a we have a, we have a deal, deal with Ken. With right Ken. Right okay. We're buying lots. Mm-hmm. It's this old Tudor mansion. Okay. It's called the Farlawn Mansion on just one block off of Germantown, on Pelham. Okay. The mansion is fifteen or twenty thousand feet. It has some of the oldest wood you could ask for in America. Okay. Right? It's fucking old. <laughs> like that wood in those places, those trees, are thousands wood, yeah. of, you know, you could. Good wood. That ain't going to fucking burn kind of wood. Like right. it's so good. The roof's plighted. It was used as a. It's squatting. Or, they want, they want, they, they want to divide it up into multi. So like he needs a variance to put two condos in it. Okay. And then to do that, he needs to subdivide off the back basically four. He wanted to do two twin units. So four units. Okay. Tons of room. We were buying the four twin units. He's part of the start Germantown. Like he is running that in my, from what I understand. Right. I don't know him that well. They 
he had all the surrounding neighbors supporting everybody, right? Even the Russians across the street that like renovated a house without ever asking anybody and put a bunch <laughs> of apartments in it. Like he even had their letter of support. Right. He goes in and it was like he came to that meeting. Yeah, he asked me to go. And I was like, all right, I'll tag along. My hot take on the meeting was people were very convinced that an 18,000 square foot mansion should be listed and sold because there's there's definitely somebody that would buy it. <laughs> so and I, and like the whole argument first off Ken Ken no offense I respect the man and his efforts but he doesn't do a good job introducing himself. No he, he sounds like an asshole. He comes off very condescending. He comes off like look this is who I am. I'm this great guy. Yeah. And everybody's like fuck this guy. I already know you're up to some shit. And I'm sitting yeah. there watching him like, does anybody reel this dude in right now on this speech? It was like this huge thing. And so he came up against this 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 energy that he kind of created himself, but, in my opinion. But but that goes to, I feel like that's because of his past. So he's been to meetings where he's met opposition. So he's come out now. He's got the armor on. Yeah. So it's not necessarily Ken, because Ken is a good guy. Um, I have... I guess I've only done the events with him. I took the course with him. Um, but I do. I have some good feeling about it, a bad feeling about it. But I feel like just not being there. But normally, you know, when you hear things like that, it's like guys come in, they got the armor on. And it's like you said, he already knows they're going to be looking at him like, I oh, could, no, we go to a I, fair amount of these meetings. I couldn't open it up. I'm usually pretty good in front of John went after him. It was great. Yeah. John was like, so, but, the building. Right, but, <laughs> but that goes to my point of. I told the COVID the, joke didn't land well. The, the energy, you can set the tone for the energy if there are people who are like actually in the community that, that know the people kind of thing. Yeah, this old oh, this old dude. But he did do that. Ken had people we, we staged would, in the room. We would, we would sit in people's living room and like talk to them and talk to them about the project. And basically. Every surrounding neighbor just didn't want to see the building be demolished, and they wanted to see it be saved. And they could they could say, "All right, well, we can build four homes." So what ended up happening was, Ken tucked his tail, hid. We went with two houses there instead of four. Instead of four, whatever the two singles, we're going to build the same houses we just built on Clearview. We're okay. going to build them there. Ken's going to go get a more of a buy right. Like that's a. I think the plan is going to be completely buy right. He could probably put more units in the building now. I'm not sure what his intentions are. But, like, it's just, like, the community, sp to spite Ken, ended up spiting themselves. Because now they're going to get, like, more parking and more cars and more people. I got you. And it just backfired completely. But, 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 but that's what I'm saying. Again, it goes to the education piece because people are so fearful yeah. of change. Yeah. And, like, we were talking about, like, everybody wants everything to stay the same. But it's that it's relationships. It's it's trust. And I I know for me, like, I honestly didn't get to a trusting point until I got married. Like, it took me to get married and get go to go to therapy, go to marriage counseling to get to the point where, like, I'm open to having conversation and trusting and, again, realizing, like, we don't have to agree. But, hey, we what's the goal here? Like, so that building, I don't want it vacant. I don't want the guys just trapping out of there. Like, what are you guys doing with it? How will it benefit us kind of thing? But, again, it's – it's tough because it's like you guys have financial responsibilities. Yeah. So you don't, you can't spend two years trying to appease everybody. So it's like like you said with Ken, like you guys are either going to like it or you're not going to like it. You know. So it's like ah, uh, you win. There's a balance. I would be interested yeah. in getting involved more down there. No, if I you, think if it's you a, were doing anything yeah. down, I mean, 
I, if like, I like that. The, yeah. the I think if we continue to build good stuff, we do what we say. It like eventually, maybe, and we go in front of that neighborhood enough, like they'll they'll know you as the comedian, like the stand up guy. Dude, this is crazy. Jokes. You look pretty fit. You should do, do a fit class at the park. <laughs> Yo, you look pretty fit. <laughs> do a fit class at the park, this man. This guy. Actually, my wife does a little training thing at the park. I would set her up for that. I'm not a I'm not a good coach, good trainer in the fitness world. Kind of do my own thing, and then I like having trainers. I could do it. Do yoga ball class. See all I, that stuff. People like people like doing that stuff. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm open to anything, whatever. I think those are good suggestions. Yeah, I don't for sure. sure. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not honestly down for just a good time whenever. Like, I don't. So when I know Ken, he tries to do stuff, but like I said, it just. It comes off sometimes unauthentic, I think. So I was going to say, I think it's tough because it's like, hey, again, you have that role of being a leader. You got to do your job. But then at the same token, it's like, all right, how do I relate or connect with the people? But like I said, the only way I feel like you can relate and connect to the people, you have to be. Involved with it's with hard. It's hard for a billionaire to connect with people, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, like so. you think Mark Zuckerberg's connecting with fucking people? No, he's got the fuzzy ass dog. Not, but I will propose the question: like, even if you guys, where like, did Mark Zuckerberg come into this billionaire? I don't know. Where, billionaire, where did, I thought like with, for you guys like to learn new construction. So like, I understand rentals, I understand burr, I understand flips, but doing new construction is completely foreign to me. Like, I bought a lot. No idea what to do. I just bought it, said I'll sit on it, figure it out one day. What do you, is yeah, where's a lot? Is where is what you're trying to do on it? Is it like by right kind of like approved? I, I've no, I, I don't know, even right. know where well, to start. So that's we'll, why I was we'll saying, like out. for you guys, like who do new construction, like we were talking about, how do we bridge the gap or change the narr- narrative? So it's like, what if you guys do classes in the building, like, and you teach people like what you guys do? Uh, we kind of do. We. I don't know if I would feel comfortable doing that. I'm more of like a trial by fire. I guess what like I'd if people want to like, like if, if people want to like learn, mm-hmm. like we share all day. Like but if you want, it's more like a structured thing like that. I don't know how successful or how many people we would actually help for with that. But it, so I'm saying, I don't feel like it's your job to worry about necessarily the people's success versus just giving the people the opportunity. Because I know for me, some of the stuff I learned at a younger age. It didn't necessarily click then, but I would go to multiple things over and over, and eventually it clicked. But it started with the seed. Mm. I wonder, I think more effective would be like, look, I'll coach you through the whole, like on a one-on-one, I'll coach you through the whole process, like, but let you do it. Because I think everyone learns the, the best when they do when it they themselves. Do it. So I'd rather we honestly already do that. We have people calling us yeah. all day, like our friends or different things like, yo, man, I just got this letter from so-and-so. Like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I'm trying to get this approved. And, and, and we do it, too. Yeah, we have plenty of people that we like. But I'd rather, like, look at the property. Be like, look, I would do this here. I would build this. Here's the steps we need to take. I'll help you with it. Like, if you need, like, I'll help you. Like, no, so you know so I'm I mean? saying thank you, and I appreciate it. But I'm also giving you guys pushback because I feel like it's more of a comfort thing. And we talked about not being comfortable, holding ourselves accountable. Comfort thing? Yeah. No, it's not a comfort thing. I just don't want to fucking do it. <laughs> I'll be completely honest with you. Like, I don't necessarily feel that I am, like, the classroom, like, let's put a curriculum together and share what we know kind of thing. I'm like, hey, you seem like you got something over here, like an interest or a drive. Or well, who said you, it had to be a classroom? Well, like, I mean, I'm, yeah. But I'm, but that's what I'm saying. Like, even if it was a roundtable and we got cigars, we got some, some beer – 
And I bought you guys five other investors that are looking to take their business to the next level. Oh, yeah. I would do that. Like a power, power yeah. round table. Yeah, like yeah. a master class or well, something. We, yeah, fuck that. Same, yeah, we same do that. Difference. Yeah, we do that. Yeah. We, we de- I mean, we definitely. Same we call that buzzing. We buzz. Yeah, we buzz. We'll buzz with you. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we do. We do do that. I'd rather a lot. do that in a more intimate setting with like four or five guys, so that it's just an open dialogue. Like, but again, you know, uh, you have to have people who are engaged. A lot of people think they can just invest in real estate and they don't have to do anything. But and those you, are our passive investors. So, like, are, I've, I've, so my this is sometimes again, the best buyers of developments too because they just <laughs> fucking buy it and they're like, oh wait, shit, we don't know what to do. And it's like, all right, well, I don't know, man. I sold it to you already. Right? <laughs> <laughs> sold we sold, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, but that's but that's where I'm saying, like, even if it's not a large group, okay, yeah. we don't have to broadcast it and put it out there, but. If we can still give people the opportunity, because like you said, like you never know what somebody else would intrigue them or even get them on that thought process of just breaking out from the norm. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. Set it up. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me to set it up. Like, I had a guy who I interviewed two weeks ago. <laughs> Dude, you set it up. Ago. I'm fucking there. Yeah, uh, I'm look, there. The only uh, thing on my calendar in the future is like an HOA meeting on the 22nd. Other than that, I'm fucking wide open. Look, got, Whoa. Got, on the twenty between what are you doing between now and the 22nd? Fishing. I got some things on that calendar. Fishing. So, <laughs> Just kidding. So, like, I had a guy I interviewed. Um, he was He's a Baltimore wholesaler. And he's like, he's telling me how good the market is in Baltimore, what opportunity. Because Philly, like, I, can, I don't know how guys are making money right now flipping properties or, or you know, doing what they're they doing. They just don't pay their bills. Re- rehab cost is going up. The, 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 the purchase <laughs> price is going up. And I'm just like, I don't know how you guys are doing it. So, it's like, I've been looking in other markets trying to find cheap rentals that I could basically own free and clear. For the time being, you know, to, to build up the cash flow better. Um, and he was like, well, I, he told me everything. He's like, come to Baltimore. We went to Baltimore two Sundays ago. We did the interview. Maybe we did the interview three weeks ago. We were in Baltimore two weeks later. Okay. So it's like, if you tell me, like, I'll make it happen. I'll set make the it food fucking up. Happen, dude. I'll get the room and, you know. Yeah, we're, yeah. We'll buzz. That's what you said, right? We'll buzz. We'll buzz it up. We'll call it buzz sesh. I'm in. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Don. it be great. Don. Done. <laughs> Yo, but how do you make money? A, it's amazing. I was talking to a, I was talking to a subcontractor. <laughs> there we go. I was talking to a good. Buddy. I took a risk on yellow button. I didn't know it. And it was worked out. It worked out. <laughs> My buddy, he's he's a he's a subcontractor, but he's like a good friend. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that there's very successful developers that are very successful in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. but they owe people like hundreds of thousands of dollars. They just don't pay. And so I've I've heard of that. So. We have a few. We have a few of those guys. But they just—that's how you ask how people make money right now. Yeah, cost but, of construction is so fucking high. But that's why we differ. That's why we like, like somebody DM me yesterday and was like, "Yo, what's your square foot like cost average?" Foot and I'm like, "Good fucking luck figuring that out, dude. Every project's so different. Yeah. A lot of our stuff's on the higher end, so it really is driven by client preference. Like, does this person want... You used to be able to say in Philly you could build for like yes. 80, 90, 100 bucks a square foot. Good fucking luck. But we're doing... So, like, those developers are building shit. And they're building 20 of them at a time. So. We aren't building shit. Yeah. But, like, somebody asked me the other day, like, how did you... Like, electrician with who actually has a T in his last name, Ron Fish, with a T. Fists. Yeah, he lied to everybody. His business is Ron Fish... Electric, but his last name is actually Fists. Okay, but he says it was too hard for everybody. But he, somebody was like, "Yo, how do you how do you get him? Like he's so busy. Like how do you get him?" I'm like, "Fucking pay him. We pay him right away, 
we don't give him any hard times. We help him when he needs help. He helps. Like, there's the give and take. You got to build that relationship up. Like, sometimes people, like, dude, I had this point this morning, and I totally fucking forgot it. Driving to the gym, I was like, I got to remember this. Everybody always asks me, like, oh, who's your sub for this fucking thing? Or who's this? Who's your guy for this thing? And I'm like, uh... <laughs> do I give this person's name to you? And it's like a, it's like a multiple edge sword. It's not even two. It's like, do I give this person that I've like possibly trained up or like brought up from the dirt and gone through mistakes and problems with that's like, like now that my, he's my guy. Like, so I never, and like, and, and then I get, so I'm like, you know what, if this guy wants to do something like it's good for the guy right, right, more right. than like, I'm the like, you know what, I'll help the guy, the sub out more than I'm trying to help you out at that point. Right. But the second thing, my point further was if you expect to get the results from my subcontractors that I get, good luck. We're, yeah. we're taking great care of them. We're building the relationships with them. They're, they're, we're doing all that legwork. So like when you pick, when I pick up the phone, they do stuff for us. Because we do stuff for them. So if you think you're going to pick up your phone and call them and right off the bat, they're going to jump for you and you're like, hey, I called your guy. <laughs> he didn't call me back for two weeks. And I'm like, well, sorry, he's busy. And they're like, well, say something to him. And I'm like, yeah, I, I did what I had. To, I did what I did. I connected you guys. Like if he doesn't want to have the help, he doesn't want to help you. It's not that the, that's not my fault. When And you get a lot of people that aren't hands on, right? You got to know that guy to know the guy. So, like, you got a lot of builders like this fucking McCloskey guy who's not even a builder. He's just, like, connecting people to people to people, and he calls himself a builder, but he's just calling the sub, like, are you there yet? Are you fucking there yet? Are you done? Are you done? And, like, never looks at the work. Sends the, sends the bill out. Sends the bill out. What, it, what you said is important. We, the more we can help our sub, like, if a sub is there and he runs out of, like, let's say the framer, doesn't happen often, but the framer runs out of nails where the crew's running out of nails and the actual guy's working, they can't really stop, and they're in the middle of, like, hoisting a fucking roof on, go get the motherfucker nails. You yeah. know what I mean? That will pay off. It took 10 minutes, 20 minutes of your time. That will pay off with you. And, like, electrician's working. He doesn't have the answers. You call the client. Like, you get what they need right, so to they help keep them working. be profitable. The one thing I found as I as I went through business and failed and got better and failed and still fail, get better. I always would be interested when subs are like, you know what, that superintendent that you guys had, I always made money with him. And then there's other superintendents like, dude, every time I'm on that f guy's fucking job, it's a shit show. I can never make <laughs> money with that guy. Right. So you're like, look, I'll work for you, but I have to work under this guy. And then you look at that person, you say, what, what makes that person on site better than the other person? And usually it's helping, being prepared, communicating openly. And like I know, I know some of our our guys as we grow our team. Everybody on our team is elite in their level of what they are. But our subs will make money with us, and when they make money with us, they're ready to jump the next time. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't hide the money from people. And then you kind of like they, like it, and we do so much with so little. And people are like, well, how do you how do you get that done? Like, how do you do that? And it's really like I don't nitpick with those people or I just pay them right away or like I do those things for them so that like they're always on on like the trigger for me. And I don't have to deal with like what other people are dealing with, like where it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll call you back. 
And it's like they'll get to that guy eventually because right. he's like it's business and it's There's money. Priority, right? But like, say that guy calls, and then immediately I call after. I'm bumping him. Like you. I'm good. Like I'm like take. Like I'm not even gonna tell. Like I don't. I'm never gonna tell someone to be like, dude, change this, change your schedule for me. But like I know I can usually see when somebody is making some sort of adjustment to accommodate us. Like I'm calling and I'm like, hey, look, like, dude, I got this problem and I need it done by this time. And they're like, all right, um, let me call you right back. And then they call you right back and they're like, look, like we're going to get in there, but it's going to be late at night. Is that okay? And it's like, yeah, yeah, like we'll figure it out. Or I'll be there with them to like, I'll be like, dude, like, can I get the materials for you and meet you there? Like, can I help? Like, how can I help you help me help us help everybody help the house get done? I got two quick points. Go for it. The most fucking frustrating thing is when you help a sub and you do everything you can to make him successful and he still fucks you. That's a fucking asshole. The next thing is. <laughs> you want me to bite on that? Because I'm, I'm not going to do don't it. Don't bite on that. I bite on that all day long. God damn. It's just not even worth it. It's just not, move that's on. That's why we change electricians. <laughs> the, the, the second thing is when people ask you who your subs are. If you give one or two to them and they don't reciprocate something back to you, mm-hmm. that guy's just using you for your contacts and your hard work. It's almost like saying when a customer asks you to do things cheaper, it's like because it only took you an hour. It's like, yeah, but I spent 10 years. So that Learning only takes to do that. Right. Learning how to do that for an hour. So, like, are you really expecting you, you expecting me to pay for my own efficiency? That doesn't make sense. So it's like if you, the person doesn't reciprocate with you, Fuck that guy's, you know, like, look, man, I gave you two subcontractors last time. What I get in return? I got nothing from you. You don't provide me anything. Move on. <laughs> yeah, usually I know who you're speaking about, I think. Well, I don't have a particular person in the mind. Okay. The subcontractor I did that fucked us, but not. No, but what I'm saying is I, I used to be very much that way where I would kind of be like, well, if I'm, I'm going to hook this guy up here, like, what's in it for me? And, like, when I gave that up. Like, I just, like, stopped worrying about that. Things got much nicer for me. The I do agree. Like, if it happens over time and I feel like I'm getting taken advantage of, yeah, I'll just be like, hey, look, man. Right. But, like, I definitely, and I don't think you do either. I think you were just making a point. But no, but the, I, I, I've given Ron Fish's number out to one person. And everybody you fucking post on Instagram. Well, that's yeah. true. That's true. But the one person <laughs> I gave him not to, I also, it's, you also have to look out for the sub, too. Because you don't want to recommend... And connect the sub to somebody who's going to be a shit thing. show. Right. right? You got to make sure that that sub, like, because Ron be like, look, man, you introduced me to that guy. He gave me 30 apartments. I fucking lost 100 grand. I'm no longer in business. Right. You also have to be very careful of who you're recommending the person to, not just a friend. Like, I have certain friends that you know, they, they may, be, may or may not, like, be in the building business. They ask me for a sub. I'll probably just give them one of my old shittier subs. <laughs> just because you're like ah, i can't you have can't, you shitting where i'm eating you can't shit and ruin my sub my situation my situation because my situation is good and it took a while i you know we andrew and i you know we've been building the sub base and switching them out and flip flip flopping figuring it out and like we yeah. now like our team is almost there right. yeah i don't know where yeah somewhere along the way i was like dude this like finding new people all the time is exhausting yeah. and then i was like we need the best people and we need them all the time yeah. And I was like, if the best people, like, we want to be the best, like, what do we demand? Like, we, like, want people to pay us. We want people to respect us. We want people to, like, do the other things. So I'm like, well, if we just do all that, but, like, down the line, well, let's try it. And then it blew up. 
it definitely was easier to build the customer base having built the people base up to help me very well. Okay. Because, like, you never have to work. Like, when I come in and sell something, like, I'm very confident in what I sell because I know, like, the army of individuals behind me are just going to deliver no matter what. Right. So then I can say things that I normally or somebody else couldn't say or sell or timelines or the product or, like, whatever, like, the point is, like, right. the selling point is because, like, I have that confidence and be like, hey, look, like, I built this relationship up. I know, like, Ron Fish Electric, like, I was in a jam with a certain kitchen and I needed the electrician to like rough it in like really quick. And Ron's like scheduled way out. But, you know, what did we do for him? We did something for him that he was like, he, we, we helped him out. We moved the fucking 500 pound generator 200 oh, feet through a wet sod yard. Yeah, that's what we did. We moved the generator and then he was like, thanks for doing that. I'm going to come out to that job on Monday. Because he probably couldn't figure out how to move it with two guys. But, yeah, like, I didn't even really – it was just in the way for us. Yeah. Um, So we, you know, helped him out a little bit. He helped, like – and then I know he's so busy that, like, the fact that, like, three days later he was at one of my jobs making everything okay for me, okay. like, made me look good. Right. So then I can, like, keep that repetition of just, like, I look good. I pass the good looks down. <laughs> yeah, I think we've done definitely done, like, a good job. Well, it wasn't always that yeah. way. No, yeah. well, I definitely didn't do it. It's good to hear, like, you know, from, like, your level and other people's level. Like, I'm always hearing, like, contractors is a forever-growing part of the business. So, like, I've had my con one of my contractors for seven years. I even invited him to my wedding. And yeah. then he shitted on me on my last project. Just walked off. Like, didn't come back to the job. Um, and when you talk about... <laughs> you bring up your wedding? Be like, you were at my wedding. We no, didn't man, you give me that blender. We didn't even get to that point. Because um, we, like, he just stopped answering my calls, like... Haven't heard from him, haven't seen him. But then I go to somebody else's house, and they're like, you know, he just did this project. I'm like, what? Maybe he was ashamed. Oh, you know. He gave me some, we eventually talk, he gave me some long sob story, and I'm just like, whatever. So, you know, it's just constantly like, now it's like, like you said, trying to have that good relationship, but at the same token, keeping that business separate from separate from personal. Um, and, you know, just constantly keeping guys like it is what it is with the contractors kind of thing. You just you'll have a few good guys, but you just got to constantly have other guys just in case. They have that. backup guys. Yeah. And you may have a sub that's a complete shit show, but they do good work and they always warranty it. Sometimes you got to so keep that guy it. around. Right. You got to deal with sometimes you have to deal with guys. No, so I'm learning. You got I got my A guys and my B guys like my B guy got upset with me. So he stopped talking to me for like four or five months as well. And then, you know, we had a conversation. I'm like, look, it's not personal, but it's just this is my comfort with you. So he's like, well, my my comfort with me is that I should be doing more. Well, you can do more, but just not on my stuff. Yeah. Either we're going to do it or we're not going to do wanted, it. He wanted the countertops, the tile, and the hardwood floor all in one. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He can do those things. Greedy fuck. You know, <laughs> but he's like, I could do the framing, the plumbing, the electric. No, you can't. That's oh, not what you do. Yeah. Nobody should be doing all of those things. Nobody is that. I mean. You can be kind of good at all those things. You could be a house, right? Yeah, that's a different kind of thing. Though. That's like a you got to be old, like in the business for a long time. Yeah. At what Grow age up. can you get the label house right? Dude, I think you got to be like, I don't know if it's an age thing. Experience thing. Do you know what a house right is? So like there's a carpenter and then a house right is someone that like, is like understands every aspect of the house, but not only understands, but it, like on a level that can like also a, do it extremely well. The whole house, okay. 
So, so like back in the day, the thought was like, I mean, you had Master Carpenter. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, kinda, kinda. It's like a different kind of like it's like connotation. A, it's like a guy back in the day. It's like an older could school. Just build term. the whole fucking house by himself. Okay, with no subs. But like literally, like could like hewn the beam, like make the wood. He would know all the and then techniques. Like, I got to you. do all that. So. There's there, not really that part. Those people don't really exist anymore because houses aren't built that way. No, but there are a few that can do all. When you find someone that can do all, it's, just, it's a powerful thing. Because then you're never, like, scared. You know, you're never, like. Something goes wrong. He can always goes, fill in. Yeah. I got you. Or. Yeah, but, like, a house right is more of, like, a samurai version of the dude that always falls in. He's, yeah. like, he's he his goal is to be perfect at all things in the house. Like, if, he t- if he's going to do it in the house, it's, like. Whatever he touches, it's, whatever he touches, is gonna, like so. It's not like a, just a do-it-yourself or handyman, good at all, jack of all trades. He's like that's like his job is to like make the house right. Gotcha. <laughs> it's a weird. When I learned about that in architecture school, I was like, "What?" Did and then they it actually say that his job is to make the house right? No, I just did that on the spot. <laughs> no, because the same funny. thing. The that same, was funny. The same thing happened with architecture. Because, like, architects were really just really good builders. Like, that's all it was. Like, there was no such thing as an architect. Like, you were just a builder. Like, City Hall was, uh, that was built with, like, one set of plans. Like, the, the dude, like, so, like, that would, like, back then, like, everybody that was, like, a superior builder, like, if we, like, right now were a design builder, like, we do with the design and manage all that in-house so we can get a superior product. So, like, back in the day, like, you were a home builder, but like, if your homes were well thought out, planned, designed, you were an, you were like an architect. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So there were, for a long time, there wasn't really any fucking. Well, you 50s, could just be an architect. You could just it. be like, I'm an architect. And people would be like, Oh, okay. The fifties killed it. They just started building little boxes when everyone came back from the war and they needed housing. Like, oh shit, we don't have enough housing. Right. Right. Fucking look at uh. The 50, I guess it's town. the fifties fault. The fifties fault. Blame the fifties. Was it the Roaring Fifties? Something. I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. What's your next, like, would you ever get into any other businesses besides real estate? Well, that's the thing. I feel like podcasting, interviewing people is a is a thing and it's something that I enjoy. So, I mean, I'd like to see where it goes. Um, other than that, um, I'm currently trying to start learning about stocks and, and options. So, you know, we'll see where that goes. I don't think that would necessarily be a business, but something I'm trying to add to the arsenal. You just come up here and start recording podcasts for people? I, I would love to. Hey, you didn't take the drive. <laughs> yeah, seriously, we have all this stuff. It yeah, only gets used yeah. on Wednesdays. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> just sits in our way and we're like moving around all the time. Right. Yeah, no, I, I would love to. Um, you know, I mean, other than No, that, honestly, if you ever did want to use this stuff. You set, like up, you set like, up the thing with us doing like the Builder Roundtable Buzz right. Scarfest. Yeah. Scarfest. Okay. Scarfest. Um, well that and then um, what was I going to say oh so I'm, I've, I have my own GC license uh, mm-hmm. but I don't know much about construction I just know about hiring people so you never know I mean hopefully one day once I get everything else running I can start doing that the GC license in your situation is important to have in case you get fucked so that was exactly why I got it because I was right. fucked tremendously yes yeah, so um, like you kind of have that armor be like look I'm the GC on this job if you got like, I can just fire you, and you're not going to jam my permits up. So that was exactly what happened. That's mm-hmm. smart. It's um, a good move. You learned the hard way, probably though. No, I did. We yeah. lost. We so one 
early on, I was doing, I started doing flips. My first flip turned out all right. So then I did a second flip. I had a private investor, um, but I had a private investor. Then I had a property out project I was already doing by myself. So me doing that project with that one contractor, uh, Bobby Jones Construction, if you're out there, I hope all is well. You know, good to hear from you. Um, he basically got to like 85% of this one project. But in the middle of it, I said, hey, I got a good deal. Hit my private investor. We're going to go buy this other project. So I'm thinking we're rolling. I think, you know, I'm ready. Like I've, I've arrived. I'm getting ready to be this real estate mogul. So I give him money to start the other project. We still didn't finish this project. Guy disappears. Crew stops. They start slowing up coming because they're like, well, we wait on him. We don't know what to do. Well, what do you mean? Finish the house. So they stopped showing up. Um, the other house, somebody ended up stealing all their tools out of that house. So now they've got excuses that, you know, they can't do my work and all this other stuff. Took, them like a, took me like a month to eventually just say, fuck it. Like, I'm done with you guys. Um, but like you said, he pulled my permits. Luckily, I had materials for the first project to get that finished. Um, so that project, I think I made like $1,500. The other project, um, I think we ended up breaking even and going over budget like 20000 because we had to repay what we already paid him just right. to get it finished. So from then I was like, man, never again. So from there I pretty much like I'll get one guy who can, you know, do demo, my own electrician, plumber, HVAC. Then I got different crews to do the sheetrock, and then I might have one guy that can do the tile work, the floors, you know, he can do that kind Sometimes of thing. Sometimes renovations are harder than new construction because things are out of order. Things are out of, like, place. You know, weird stuff going on. Yeah, construction is so much easier well, than that's, renovation. That's what I hear. But, like I said, it's just the, the steps and learning all the different specs and putting it together. And then to do, new, to do any one of them well, but to do new construction really well so that the finished product comes out as not just a product but comes out as a, a piece of art, mm-hmm. that's the hard part. You guys know Skyline Rentals? No. Not Skyline Rentals. Uh, it's not Skyline. Streamline. Oh, jeez. In South Philly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they were one of the first new construction guys that I had met. I was doing. You, you know the story of that one dude? Yeah. That that passed away. Yeah. yeah. He got stabbed in the back. Yeah. <laughs> right in the back, um, dude. So, I I met those guys. Tough. That's we were an, doing the. Uh, that's incredible. That does not sound. Tenet. We wouldn't even get down there. Tenant, tenant placement. So I was doing some of their buildings for them, helping them out. And yeah. That's when I first got introduced to I the construction. That's a, that was tough because it was just a bad situation at the bad at the wrong time. And you never want to see anyone like – it's just now you got a company that lost its – basically like their its leader. leader. Yeah, yeah, lost yeah. its head. And it, they're just – I don't know. I You know, I've heard different things, but I don't really follow up too closely. But right, right, right. Yeah, I haven't been in contact. I kind of follow. I know they started far. selling a lot of shit. I don't know if that was a good sign. They're just capitalizing on like the the, the demand market. for the market, which right. could have been could have been like a smart move, or they had to sell to get something a little more manageable. I don't really know. Right. Yeah. Well, I definitely wish them luck. Um, but but yeah. So like in in Philly, like that's the like you, I've I've heard that often. Like once you build it and know what you're doing, it just goes up from there. Versus like when I do my rehabs and I break open a wall and now it's a shit show behind yeah. there or the but a lot of compromise. what's built in Philly is built on a mass production level that has zero quality, customization quality. It has as long I guess in Philly as long as you don't leak, they consider it a good house. Right. There are so many houses that leak in Philly; it's ridiculous. Funny, one of my clients that just bought a house last week, they sent me the video. They Nobody the understands like the flash, like the and guy, and a lot of guys now the rehabbers they're going over the old stuff. They're just framing it and going over it, you know. 
Philly, Philly's gonna be in trouble in ten years when all this like Philly was already in trouble. Yeah, they're already in trouble. Development slows down, kind of thing. Now they got all the wood slats that are gonna start leaking. And right. No one's maintaining. Well, and that's for me. That's why I I tell people like I make money doing flips, but like I'm not super rich from it because I'll yeah. spend the extra money in my rehab to make sure everything yeah. about it is 100. percent Like it, there's a couple li- really good builders in Philly, and there's a couple like guys that you never heard of. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of stuff on like Rittenhouse, and they're very high end. Okay, there are some good builders, but the most of the ones that you hear about, okay, they're just putting up boxes. Right. Well, that's the, the I guess the, if you're doing mass production, you kind of want to. They kind of have that system that they can just yeah. duplicate versus customize because it'll take longer. Yeah, you know. So, you know. but hey, like you said, if you guys are willing to teach, I'm willing to learn. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, so I'll definitely reach out to you guys, get you guys on a calendar. I mean, oh no, for sure. It was dude. It was a. I I always take these like pock shots and just like hope that we meet good people. Yeah. And I've honestly I don't think I've ever failed us. <laughs> and I'm on I'm actually usually very surprised by who comes in. I've definitely been like pleasantly like I didn't know great, that much about like I knew enough about you that I was like dude this is going to be a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um you put yourself out there on social media so I'm like he's not going to be you know scared of the, a microphone in a room with two dudes right. that look like they're running a ponzi scheme <laughs> like so i was like you, well now nah, if i'd have found that out i'd have told you guys teach me what you know let me <laughs> let me see if it's good enough for me or it's yeah. bad so we like the the opportunity to like hang out and meet more like-minded people that just want like it, that we, we yeah we really just like that's all i really seek for any opportunity like i, I really very much enjoy um, the opportunity to like connect with people, build the relationship, like become friends and then like do like do things together and make change. Like, and then like, I, I don't know, like I just, I don't know what it is about that connecting with people, but I definitely like you coming here, like the opportunity to meet people that you're friends with, like for sure. Like I would definitely more than open to that. Well, I definitely appreciate it. It was definitely a pleasure meeting you guys and hearing your story as well. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the future. Um, Hopefully yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get that buzz the, the buzz the, yeah buzzing buzzing, buzzing. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah the, the the buzzing thing came from um some video we found where it was just like a neighborhood and John lives in a very a very nice neighborhood where like it, it has what I had as a kid where like everybody's outside playing like the kids like there's a community on his street like a lot of neighborhoods now like the kids are in different age groups so, like they're, they're playing with each other on the iPad or the yeah, vi- or the or video the game. Game. yeah there's just play you don't have right. that connection oh, don't forget the schedule play <laughs> <laughs> yeah the schedule so like they do like him and his neighbors like literally like they buzz outside like you guys right. you buzzing you sit in the fucking you come drive buzzing. yeah we're right. buzzing and they're just like they get together and they hang out and they watch the kids do dumb shit and. Uh, yeah, the buzzing came. The ladies from now they all got RV cars and they're now that they're making RC cars. RC cars. They're RV making cars. they're making like fucking jumps and shit, mm-hmm. and they're starting to jump over each other. Like it's fucking wild. I don't know. But just yeah, so just, urgent, just keep the urgent care close. Yeah. <laughs> you rattle off your social media, like your your YouTube and your Instagram for us. So second. my YouTube is An- is Anthony Lee um, or Anthony A Lee. Make sure you type in Anthony Lee on YouTube. My Facebook is Anthony Andre Lee, and then on Instagram it's going to be A Lee Real Estate. So pretty much on all social media sites, if you type in A. Lee Real Estate, you should be able to find me. Um, you know, and like I said, stay tuned. Every Thursday we have our investment blueprint um, IG Instagram live every Thursday at 8 p.m. So we'll be doing that all the way up until the end of the year. And then hopefully, you know, we'll get back out to doing official networking events, um, hopefully sooner than later. 
Um, Maybe on the down low. Well, yeah, on the on the down low. You know, have like a we, have like a tailgate. However, we got to do it. Um, but I know I'm itching to get back in front of the people. You know, safely. But you know, I'm, look, I'm itching to get back in front of people, make the connection. But definitely looking forward to 2021. Um, just give me one more one vacation before the year is out, and I'll be charged up and ready to go for 2021. I mean, hopefully, learning from you guys, I'll be look. I'll, I'll be a developer in Philly. Stop messing with these flips, and we'll just do the new construction. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, it was a pleasure to have you on. You, thanks for coming on. Thanks man. for coming. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. We ask of you only one thing: share the show with a friend. If you've listened to this much of the show, you've obviously enjoyed it. So you might as well just show it with with a friend. We stopped doing those little sponsored ads because they were annoying as shit. So if you want to help us out, no more sponsored ads. Share us with a friend. Right? It's that simple. Thanks. <laughs>